Okie doke, okie dokie, what a handy man. Yep. Aha. Uh-huh. Looks like we're live. Alright, let's see if this is... Alright, so I need you guys to do me a big favour. I need you to tell me if there's any uh, technical problems. So, if the audio cuts out, I need you to tell me that. If the video cuts out, or if it's laggy. Uh, if I play a video and you can't hear it. Anything like that, and I need you guys to tell me. Because the CIA didn't hook me, hook me up with a, with a producer, did they? You know what I mean? Meant to be the most well-funded intelligence agency in the world. And they can't even afford a bloody producer, can they? So anyway, let's see. What is it? It's the 26th of August, 2018. It is a Sunday, local time. And as we speak, the moon is full. It is uh, 100% full moon right now, as we speak. So I thought we were due for a little full moon special. And it has been quite a while since the last full moon special. And uh, I don't know how many of you guys remember this, but uh, let, me, let me just fix up this microphone as well. What happened was about 12 months ago, we had a full moon special. And by the end of the call, people like uh, Validation Boy, Laurie Gale, Jed Skeptic, they were all there. Can't remember if Tim was there. Can't remember. But uh, all of the people that you remember from the good old days of the early days of uh, ball earth scepticism, before it was taken over by uh, a bunch of money-hungry people, and, uh, well, you know, the rest is history, isn't it? The rest is history. So I guess we'll be talking about all of that tonight and more. So what is on the agenda? Let's get serious for a moment here. What's on the agenda? Tonight, I want to talk about some of the hoaxes, some of the big hoaxes, and also why I think skepticism is a good thing, or at least it can be a good thing if practiced correctly or in a certain way. I also want to talk about how skepticism can be used in a bad way or a detrimental way. So today we'll talk about the double-edged sword that is skepticism. And the fact, and look, I've been, uh, I've been pretty open and honest about this for a long time. The skeptical path, there are some good things. There are some good parts to it, yes. But there are also some downsides as well. There are some bitter black pills from which there is no escape, my friends. What's the difference between a red pill and a black pill? Well, everyone gets to come up with their own definitions. But for me, the difference is this. A red pill generally allows you to escape from uh, a situation that doesn't make sense. It makes sense of a situation and can offer some kind of uh, hope. The black pills, on the other hand, no, you realize that, well, there's nothing you can do about them. And uh, they go against your sensibilities, your ideas of right and wrong. They go against your ideas of right and wrong. You think, well, here's what I consider to be correct and good and moral and healthy and all these things. And here is the reality of the situation that I can't change. If this is a big thing, like a big pill to swallow, and it goes against what you consider to be good or right or whatever, then that might be a black pill. But uh, to be able to understand a black pill, 
you first have to have a conception of what is the good. And you might be amazed to learn that most of the creatures that you uh, mix with day to day, they don't really have any conception of good. They claim to. They get very self-righteous. And if the TV tells them to get angry at a boogeyman, they will. But, uh, But that's it. That's it. So anyway... So we'll talk about some black pills, we'll talk about some red pills, we'll talk about our blue-pilled normie friends, God love them. Why do I call them normies? Well, I didn't come up with the term normie, but why do I like the term normie? Because they're the normal people, okay? There's a lot more of them than there is of me. In fact, they outnumber me officially 7 billion to 1. I'm pretty skeptical about the 7 billion, I think, uh, I think hundreds of millions is probably more accurate. We'll talk about that later in the show. But uh, but they're the normal people, the people who, what is it now, quarter past ten? They're either in bed or they're getting ready for bed, because tomorrow they start bright and early, have to go to work to get the money to pay the bills, and uh, so the world keeps turning, you know? And they are the normal people. And if you ever forget that, if you ever forget that they're the normal ones, and uh, I'm not, and if you understand half of what I'm saying, chances are you're not either, they're the normal ones, and we aren't. And we should never forget that. Or I should never forget that anyway. I try not to. I'm pretty good these days. I remember, hold on, these are the normal people. Look at them. I walk past, there's, there's a KFC in between my house and the shopping center. So I walk past it often. And uh, yeah, you walk past there of an evening, just cars lined up as far as the eye can see. It's phenomenal. Like the KFC is set up across from a McDonald's, and in between is uh, is just car park spaces, right? Sometimes the the drive-through is so full that the cars are lining up in the car parks to get into the queue for the KFC. Phenomenal. And I think to myself, well, they're the normal people. That's normal. That's a very normal thing to do, to sit in your automobile and creep towards the ordering machine. I assume they still use machines. They did back when I used to be a normie. And then you get to the machine, and the machine says, Hi, how can we help you? And you say, Ah, can I please have uh, your um, two-piece feed? Oh, would you like that with with a Pepsi or with a Mountain Dew or whatever? Oh, Pepsi. No, make it it Pepsi Max. I'm uh, looking after my health, you see. Okay, that'll come to $12.95 drive-thru. So you drive through. And you hand over your money. Of course, most of the time these days, there's no cash that's actually changing hands. You hand over your card and it goes, beep, Uh uh-huh, drive on through. Here you go, have a great day. Thank you, you too. And then off you go. And then I suppose you probably eat while you're driving. (laughs) Or you, you wait till you get home, you show some patience. You get home, you walk in, you sit down in front of the TV. And ah, time to eat some fried chicken and uh, mashed potato and gravy and chips and coleslaw and uh, and Pepsi Max because you're looking after your health of course that is the uh, that's a normal thing to do that is certainly far more normal than how I spend my days generally speaking so uh, we should remember the blue pill normies they're the normal people they're in the majority and if there's one thing humans love they just love to the bottom of their hearts, it is being in the majority. It is being the same as everybody else. 
Okay, so if everybody else thinks it's normal to drive through a drive through to get your fried chicken, then that's what they love to do. If everybody thinks it's normal to uh, to earn money they don't need, to buy shit they don't need, and to buy shit food that they definitely don't need, then uh, they feel good doing that because that's what everybody does. Humans desperately love to conform to the group. Not just the society, not just the broader group, but any group they happen to be in, including the ACT realm. This thing that I call the ACT realm. A-C-T. Alternative Conspiracy Truth. Okay? A-C-T. ACT. Get used to that. I use it all the time. I'm seeding this meme. I've successfully seeded it pretty well so far, but it's early days yet. Before I'm finished, everybody will know what ACT realm means. It means this uh, group of people, mostly mostly online, let's be honest, who, uh, who believe that they're on to the truth, okay? They believe they've figured it out. They believe they've worked out that NASA is a lie or that the government are thieves or that uh, the TV is a liar. And a lot of these things are true, of course, but they believe they've got it worked out. And they form their own little enclaves online. So you've got your... Well, once upon a time, they had the... the What, what do they call themselves? Uh, truth bombing. The truth bombing enclave, who truth bombed together. You had them. You had your hoax busting enclave. You've uh, now got your flat earth enclave. They think they're really onto it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. You've got your 1776 enclave. And we're going to restore the constitution the way that the... Founding fathers would have liked. Mm-hmm. What else have you got? You've got all kinds of enclaves, right? And and this broader group, I call it the ACT realm. And uh, people within the ACT realm, they think, oh, no, I'm I'm an independent thinker because the majority believe that uh, the government is our friend, but I know the government is not our friend. So I'm I think for myself. But if you observe their behavior, if you observe the way that people behave in these uh, little enclaves, you'll see, no, they conform. They conform. Just like all humans in all groups, they conform. They can't help themselves. They don't even realize they're doing it, which is one of the reasons why these uh, online cults can start so easily because you've got this whole bunch of people, dozens, maybe hundreds of people, who all identify as a flat earther or as a truther or as a patriot, right? Or as a 9-11 truther or whatever. They all identify this way so the normal human nature, the normal collectivist behavior, starts to manifest. People start fearing the outgroup. Their leaders start saying, oh, we're under attack from the outgroup. We need to get around each other and support each other and give money to our leaders because they're protecting us from the outside. And uh, all of the natural human nature behaviors uh, begin taking place. And... I first got into the ACT realm back in 2013. I don't know how it happened. I was just sitting there at my computer one day and I see this video and it was either to do with the Boston bombings or Sandy Hook. I can't remember which one. But whichever one it was, I very quickly found myself looking at videos for the other one, you see. So I'm just sitting there minding my own business like a complete normie. And um, I wasn't a happy normie, but I wasn't a depressed normie. I was just a regular normie. And one day, I find out that either the Boston bombings or Sandy Hook was a hoax. And then within, probably within days of that, maybe hours, but within days, 
I was also looking at videos of the other one. So suppose it was Boston first, it was Sandy Hook next, or vice versa. Doesn't really matter. The point is, wow, everything's changed now. I've gone from being a complete normie to still a normie, but there's something not quite right here. What's going on here? How come Robbie Parker is laughing? His kid just got killed. Why is he laughing? What's going on here? Just laughing it up? Doesn't seem right. Something very peculiar about this. I wanted to look into it further. Same thing with the Boston bombings. How can this guy who just had his leg blown off 10 minutes ago, both of his legs blown off actually, he's just uh, completely conscious, sitting upright, holding up his leg. What's this guy with the cowboy hat pushing him? What's going on? This has all seemed very strange to me. So that was late 2013. And uh, and so anyway, I, I knew very little about so many things back then. One of the things that I knew almost nothing about was the human condition and the way that humans behave very differently when they think they're in a group, when they think they're in a crowd. You can take the average human on his own and have a one-on-one conversation, and he can seem intelligent. He can seem sensible. He can even seem thoughtful, creative. Put that same creature among even just two or three of his friends, try and have the same conversation. Everything changes. The dynamics change. And this is what we call crowd psychology. And uh, Papa Gustav, as I like to call him, Gustave Le Bon, he wrote a book called The Crowd. He actually wrote it he wrote it in French, so its original title isn't The Crowd. It's uh, some other French-sounding bunch of words, I would imagine. But translated into English, it translates into The Crowd. And uh, and so anyway, it's only a short book, and I've spoken about it so many times, and I know that most of you guys are too busy to read books. I get it, I know. We're all very busy. We're too busy to read books, I know. But if you do take the time to read that book and just think about what's being presented it might have the same effect on you as it had on me. Because I was just sitting there reading this book, taking my notes. I always have a pen and paper, taking my notes. And a lot of what he said, I was like, actually, yeah, I have seen that with my own eyes. And it never made sense to me until now. So I studied further and I studied further and I started paying closer attention to the creatures around me that we call human beings, homo sapiens, of which I am one, at least ostensibly. And I noticed, yes, they they are very uh, predictable creatures once you know what you're looking for. Get them in a group. See, we think, oh, if you get lots of humans together, then, you know, two brains are better than one. The more brains working on a problem, the better. That's what we think. And that seems to make sense. But that's the opposite of the way the world really works, you see. It turns out that humans actually devolve to the lowest common denominator. So if you get a crowd of 50 of them, and you show them a man on stage, and the man on stage is clearly doing magic tricks, okay? He can't really levitate. You get those 50 people together, there's less chance that any of those 50 will pick up on what's happening than if there's just one of them involved in the interaction one-on-one. That might sound bizarre if that's the first time you've heard this expressed this way, but I'm quite serious. Uh, This is the case, and you can observe it every day in this... YouTube act realm, whether it's the flat earthers or it's the the so-called skeptics. And most, listen, apart from me, there are no skeptics, okay? Let's just get that straight from the start. I'm a skeptic. That's all. In terms of content creators, the rest, 
they're not skeptics. Uh, no, and we'll come back to that later in the call. But whether it's the flat earthers or the skeptics or any of these people, okay, just observe their behavior objectively, dispassionately. Not, uh, oh, I'm on their side or I'm their enemy. No, just no, uh, no values. Just value neutral. Just observe their behavior. They generally defer to their leader. Social dynamics kick in. They get a pecking order going on. And generally, they all want their leader to either be cool and attractive or a big, um, you know, uh, big tough guy sort of thing. And I can give you some examples if you want. We'll talk about this later in the call. But this is the same if you just go to a, to a nightclub or to a, to a party and just observe the human interactions there. If you can learn to just observe what you're seeing, you'll see the same thing. And it makes perfect sense. Of course, of course the humans generally don't want to take responsibility for themselves and they don't want to be leading themselves. They like the security of falling into line. It's a little bit like, say, um, uh, bike racing, right? Like uh, when you're cycling, you're not going to have 20 people lined up side by side for the whole race. There'll be one leader and the rest will be slipstreaming behind him. Well, it's the same thing in human dynamics. People generally don't want to be at the top. They imagine that they do, but they don't really especially if there's someone already there. So they fall into line. And who do they want to fall in line behind? Well, whoever everybody else falls in line behind. And who is that? It'll generally be the cooler, attractive people. Or it'll be the big, tough, um, you know, machismo people. Okay, this actually makes sense. That's the beauty of it is once you start to study it and think about it, you realize this isn't even a bad thing. This is just human nature, right? I don't look out at, uh, at what happens out there with the animals and think, oh, those animals are eating those animals or those animals are stealing the eggs of those animals or those animals um, are stealing the territory of... Oh, they're just animals. That's just how they act. So it is with humans. So it's not actually a problem. I don't see it as a problem. It's, uh, it's just the way that it is. And once you understand human dynamics, you can live your life in a far more efficient way if you choose to do so. But there's another element to all of this, and that is inertia. You see, as humans, we get into habits, we get into patterns, and we, uh, we, we become comfortable, okay? It's like an inertia of our lifestyles. So if you imagine like a gigantic ship, okay? A gigantic uh, cargo ship that has uh, just left the port of Brisbane, and it's loaded of stuff, and it's off to New Zealand, for argument's sake. Once that thing gets up to speed, you can't just turn it around. It doesn't work that way. Okay? It doesn't work that way. If they suddenly decide that they're on the wrong bearing and they have to change, well, it's going to take a while for that ship to change its course. Okay? It's got a certain amount of inertia. Well, you're going to have a lot more uh, ease changing that ship 180 degrees than you are a human, even 30 degrees. The human is comfortable. It's got a pattern. It's got a certain lifestyle pattern and it's going to stay that way but it's not just the way it behaves it's the way it thinks it's in a pattern of thinking its thinking patterns are generally set by the time they reach adulthood their thinking patterns are set generally and it's going to take two things for that to change the first will be they'll have to remove themselves from the social environment that reinforces their beliefs so, for instance, if they're surrounded by people who believe that the news is real, so long as they're around those humans, 
it's going to be difficult for them not to see the TV as real. They see what the crowd sees. They don't see objective reality. There's objective reality and there's subjective reality. The average human does not see objective reality. It sees subjective reality. And that subjective reality is dictated by the humans around it. So most humans are going to be surrounded by the same friends or acquaintances, the same family, the same workmates. Their thinking patterns are going to be affected by those around them, and that's not going to change. But suppose they can uh, mitigate that or get away from that. They've got another problem, which is that every time they go back and think about a thought that they've had, a belief, there's this thing that we call ego stopping them from admitting they were wrong. So, for instance, if they've spent 20, 30, 40 years believing that man walked on the moon, the larger their ego is, the harder it is for them to think, oh, how could I be so stupid? How could I have been fooled? It's too painful, man. It's too painful to admit when we've been wrong. It's a very painful thing for most humans. Very painful. And uh, and the thing about deprogramming, as I call it, is that it's just one admission of error after another. It's like, I believed that school children died at Sandy Hook. They didn't. Ah, oh, how could I be so... You know, it's, it's painful. It's painful to realize that you were that foolish. What? It's worse than that? What else have they lied about? Oh, they lied about Boston bombings. They lied about the Batman shootings. They lied about the Sydney Sea. What? You know, just admission of being wrong after admission of being wrong. Boy, most people's egos can't handle this. Generally, at some point early in the journey, they'll, they'll desperately want support networks. And that's where people like the Flat Earthers come in. Oh, you just found out that you've got no evidence that we live on a spinning ball? Come and join us, friend. Yes, come and join us. We have the answers. You can stop worrying about being wrong now. Just agree with us and you're correct now. And you can't blame the average human when they get sucked into this because to be on their own, going through the process of deprogramming, it takes a very strong uh, sense of self to do that. And the average person doesn't have that. In fact, the average person has had their sense of self trained out of them more or less from the moment they were born. Imagine, I mean, think about school. You walk into a school and, uh, you know, you love your mom or your dad and they're dropping you off with all these people. And it's like, who are these people? Well, they're all the other kids. Well, what are they? why am I with these people? Well, because you're all about the same age and we all live in the same area. So off you go. Well, who's this person? Well, it's your teacher. Well, what? Who's this? Well, why, why is this person my teacher? Because that's their job. They get paid to be your teacher. Okay. So you sit down with the other kids and, you know, all right, great. So there's 20 kids in the class, 15, 20 kids. And uh, you get used to the idea of the authority decides. Because, you know, like little kids are not very good at controlling going to the toilet. They have to ask for permission. They have to ask the authority... Uh, miss, can I please go to the toilet? They have to actually get authority, permission, to do the most basic things. So they get trained to not really think for themselves, not to be self-directed. And then if they do speak out of line, what happens? Well, the teacher admonishes them in front of the class. The teacher embarrasses them. All the other kids laugh. And the kid soon learns, don't think for yourself, just, just be one of these people. Just go along with it. Just go with the flow. So when you bear this in mind that people have had 10, 12, 13 years of this by the time they reach adulthood, 
Can you really blame them for having no sense of self? No, you can't. So without that sense of self, they feel lonely and lost. So whether it's the truth community, circa 2014, or the flat earth community, circa 2015, or whatever bullshit community comes next, can you blame people for getting sucked into this? I can't. I look at the situation, I think through the circumstances, and I think, well, this all makes perfect sense. The average human has almost no capacity for self-directed thought. They can't deprogram themselves. And the truth is they don't really want to because to do that means ingesting far too many black pills. And that's not fun. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to the uh, comments now. Let's read a few comments, shall we, in the live chat. Let's go and see what people are saying in there. Uh, there's about 40 people watching live. Oh, that's all right. That's, uh, you know, you'll take that, won't you? Let's have a look. Restful Shisa says, Max Egan, or Max Egan. I used to know the pronunciation of that. Does, does I, whatever Max's surname is, how does he prefer it pronounced? Does he prefer it pronounced Egan, as in your I, or Egan is in the letter E? Tell me, someone tell me in the chat and I'll try and... It's nice to show respect to people, even if they are... Even if they are what they are, it's nice to show respect and pronounce their names the way that they prefer. So, somebody should tell me. How does Egan like his name pronounced? Anyway, let's just say Max. Max, the other day, telling his followers that the wildfires in the USA are 100% a result of directed energy weapons. Did he really say that? See, here's the thing. I don't know if he said that, okay? That's just what someone says he said. This is the first I've heard of it. I don't follow Egan or Egan, whatever his name is. But anybody who tells you that there's directed energy weapons, don't worry about that person. Look at the idiots who follow them and give them money. These are these are the humans who, what? Oh, they say that they've woken up, so you've got something in common with them. Maybe you do. Maybe you do have something in common with them. But I don't, okay? I have no more in common with the typical truther than I do with, or whatever they want to call themselves, than I do with the typical normie. In fact, a lot of the time I have more in common with the normies than I do with the truthers because the average normie, they're just living their lives, man. They don't know what's going on. They don't care. They just go to work, buy stuff, they do this, and they die. You know, they're, they're generally very harmless. I've had, no, I've had no problems with normies doing what I do. It's been the truthers who've attacked me constantly. People who think they're awake, think they know what's going on, they're the ones who've attacked me day after day, week after week, and month after month. The normies leave me alone. The normies think I'm crazy, so they just keep on walking. They lead their life, I lead mine. It's great. It's the truthers who are the problem because they become dogmatic, just like religious people. It is a religion in many ways. In so many ways, it's just like a religion, a lot of this stuff. So, um, so yeah, if, if you think you've got something in common with someone just because they know the TV is lying or because they know that school is deceiving people, if you think that that commonality means that you're on the same team as them, good luck to you and good luck to your team. I want nothing to do with it whatsoever. Carrying on then. Vinegar Strokes says, try paying your bills with truth and tell me how you get on. Okay. Let's see. 
<laughs> what a handyman. Get ready, cause here comes Okie Doke. Now listen, we have this amazing thing that we call technology, so I'm not complaining. If I ever sound like I'm complaining about the technology, trust me, I'm not. I feel blessed. I think we are just... Uh, we don't realize how fortunate we are to have this technology. It's amazing that I can sit here and uh, with this computer and this microphone and talk to you and you can just see it live and comment. It is magic to me, okay? So never think I'm complaining about the technology. With that little caveat out of the way, one complaint about YouTube, the comments, if you're behind on the comments, just as you're starting to scroll towards the front of the comments, they get lost. So forgive me, guys. I'm doing my best here. Let's have a look. So, so people in the live chat are talking about white nationalism. I haven't mentioned white nationalism once. How long have I been broadcasting now? 20 minutes? Where'd this white nationalism stuff come from? What, what's, the, what's the relevance? You're going to have to explain it to me. Let's see. Adam Young says, You are just brainwashed. Drink water. Think about how much better you'd feel if you didn't consider yourself a victim. Ah, yes. Okay. So, one of the things that stands out about the act realm and people who identify as awake or truthers or this kind of thing, almost to a man, they consider themselves to be victims. And it's difficult to know if this is like the chicken or the egg. Do people... Is it the case that this realm attracts people who already feel victimized? So this is like a place where they can sort of feel that they're, oh, people care about my victimization because they feel victimized and we're all together now. Or is it the case that people don't feel victimized until they learn some of these truths and then they start to internalize the victimization as a result of hearing it from people who feel victimized? I think it's probably a mixture of the two. It's hard to say. But uh, however it happens, it's definitely the case that the majority of people here feel like victims. And the thing about a victim mentality is that if someone wants to see themselves as a victim, then that's what they are. That That's their subjective identification of who they are and their role in the world. If they identify as a victim, if they see themselves as a victim, then... It doesn't matter what anybody else says or does. They're a victim. Which means they've got excuses for failure and excuses for never making something of themselves and being productive in life. So despite the fact that we have this amazing technology at our disposal, it's literally never in recorded human history been easier to access and share information and to do business. So despite this amazing opportunity most of these people will never make anything of themselves. They'll never achieve anything. At best, they'll achieve what a normie would achieve, which is working, buying shit they don't need, a couple of holidays, maybe if they're lucky, a house at the end of it, and then they die. The average truther or act realm person at best will achieve no more than the normies. So all of this knowledge they think they have clearly hasn't helped them at all. 
a lot of them will achieve less than the normies. They won't hold down regular work, so they won't be able to accumulate the things that they do need. They won't be able to build up the assets they need to start their own businesses. They'll achieve nothing with their lives. But they've got an excuse, you see, because it's not their fault. They're victims. They're victims of the government or of the Illuminati or of the Jews or of whoever. It doesn't matter. They're victims. They're victims, you see. So what this, what this realm does to people is it actually encourages them to do nothing with their lives and to think that any failure is not their fault, that they're not responsible. So you see, what the Axe Realm does is it diminishes people's responsibility for themselves. And if and when you realize that, everything will change for you. And you'll start to look at these people in the comment sections and you'll notice patterns. It's like, yeah, hold on. What is Suppose, suppose it is the case, and I believe it is, that most of the food that's sold in supermarkets is effectively toxic, effectively. Who's forcing you to buy the, the food in the boxes? Nobody. Nobody. At all. Okay? You might not have enough space to grow your own food. Or you might have the space, but you might not have the skills. Okay, that's cool. As an interim measure, you can just buy vegetables that other people grow. That's a lot better than buying food in boxes, isn't it? No, no, that's not what most people are here for. They're here to decry the modern system with all the toxic food because it's somebody else's fault that they're eating it. And uh, I've been very blessed over the last four years now. The first ARP was September 2014. And then the first uh, official show was October 2014. So it's now August. So that's the best part of four years. So in that time, I've gotten to meet literally dozens and dozens and dozens of truthers, flat earthers, self-identifying conspiracy theorists, some people who call themselves skeptics, but as we'll discuss later, probably not really skeptics, but that's okay. So I've met lots of people. I've met some really cool people. Some of the coolest people I've ever met have been through this. It's just been amazing. What I've also met is a litany of people with a litany of grievances who will, quite seriously, in front of you, right in front of you, they'll talk about how damaging vaccines are and how the food is toxic and the water's toxic while they're drinking a beer and having a smoke. I'm not, I'm not joking. I've seen it with my own eyes. Not once, not twice. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. Now, am I criticizing uh, alcohol or tobacco or people who consume it? No. That's my whole point here is you're responsible for yourself. I'm responsible for myself. So if I decide one day to go to KFC and buy a two-piece feed with the Pepsi Max, then I'm responsible for that. Okay. I used to do that kind of thing. Back when I was, you know, early 20s, I used to eat fast food. I thought it was normal. I didn't, I was stupid. I didn't realize what I was doing. So I didn't even look back with regret. It's like, well, that version of me had no idea what he was doing. So, you know, I can't judge him for that. I don't. I don't regret it. It was just dumb shit that I did when I didn't know better. But now I do know better. So if I decide to have fast food or to drink alcohol or to smoke tobacco or to do drugs or whatever it is, I take responsibility, okay? And I don't sit here and complain about the the government or the people who run the show, as I call them. Is the food in the supermarket toxic? Yes, I honestly believe a lot of it is. But I don't have to eat it, Okay. Most of the damage 
that is done to my body is done by me. It's done by not sticking to a good diet or it's done by not getting enough sunlight, right? Like today's a, today's a classic example. Today, okay, today it was raining for most of the day, but the sun did come out at like three o'clock, I think, two or three o'clock. And then there was a window of at least half an hour where I could have just gone and got some sun. And I think that's all you need is 20 or 30 minutes of sun. But I didn't. Whose fault is that? It's my fault, you see. So, so the damage that's being done to my body, I'm responsible for that. And I would argue that you are responsible for your body. But that is not what humans, especially in this scene, want to hear. What they want to hear is, oh, it's not your fault, mate. It's not your fault. It's the bloody, it's, a, it's the Jews' fault, right? It's the Illuminati's fault. It's the satanic death cult. I mean, whatever you, whoever your boogeyman is, that's whose fault it is. It's not, your, it's not your fault, mate. No, it's not your fault that you're a fat fuck who doesn't exercise enough, who doesn't eat properly. That's not your fault, mate. No, no, it's, it's NASA's fault for lying about the shape of the earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the uh, to the live comments, shall we? Let's have a look. So, uh, restful Sheezer says, JLB, can you please explain your position on absolutely nobody dying and nobody getting hurt on 9-11? especially the FDNY fire chief and 300 other FDNY personnel. Okay, so here's the context. People like me say, well, maybe people died on 9-11. I used to believe that 3,000 people died. So, so maybe they did. However, I've gone and looked for the evidence that they did and what I find is comically absurd and clearly doctored evidence. For example, you know how we were shown people who jumped out of the buildings? Remember the story from 9-11 was that people couldn't get down, so they were jumping out of the building. Remember that, the, the falling people? If you want to go and look for the footage right now, you will be able to find video footage of these people jumping significant distances from the windows to the point where even if they were Olympic gold medalists at long jump and they had a like a clear passageway to jump right off the platform of the window, no, it doesn't make sense that they that they got that far away. Now, the, the programmed response to what I just said would be to go, oh, JLB, what would you know about? How would you know how far someone can jump out of a building, mate? Listen, I'm just telling you what I found when I went looking for the evidence. And all I said to people is, have you gone looking for the evidence? Now, if you've gone looking at the evidence that people died and you're convinced that people died, that's fine. I'm not here to change your mind. I don't even care, okay? If you believe 3,000 people died or 1,000 people died or a dozen people died, that's, that's up to you. That's for you to decide. That's not for me to tell you what to believe, especially when I used to believe that 3,000 people died. So who am I to tell you what to believe? I'm just telling you that since I've gone looking at the evidence, I couldn't find any that anybody actually died that day. Now, if you have evidence that you think would convince me, just send me an email. JohnLeBon123 at gmail.com. I will peruse it. I might even make a video about it. You might be able to convince me that people died that day. 
but I don't believe they did. And it's, it's important that I stress this. If you believe people died, I'm not trying to change your mind. Seriously, go on believing that. Go on believing that either Osama bin Laden or the US government murdered people that day. Go on and believe it. That's fine by me, okay? But uh, I don't believe that. And that's the fact of the matter. So let's carry on with the live chat. Adam Young says, good points, JLB. Thank you, Adam Young. I appreciate that. Uh, another one, this uh, restful, restful, am I pronouncing that right? Restful Sheezer, restful Shizer. I don't know how to pronounce your name. So can you please spell phonetically in the live chat how to, how to say your name? But I'm just going to say restful, restful S says, agree, JLB. It becomes difficult and awkward when you realize some of your family members are perpetual victims. Yeah, and see, this this is one of the more difficult elements of the process that I call deprogramming, which is that there are people in... Most of us have people in our lives who we care about, whether it's family or friends or even close colleagues or um, sports, you know, teammates, whoever it is in our lives who... When we start to see what's going on in the world, we realize that some of them, they're their own worst enemies, okay? It's one thing to realize that we are our own worst enemies. It's one thing for me to realize that I'm my own worst enemy. But hey, I can at least implement some changes to fix that, if I want to. If I want to take responsibility for myself. But what I can't do is is get somebody else to take responsibility for themselves. So... And neither can you generally for people in your life. So if it turns out that there's someone in your family who is a perpetual victim, yeah, it's it's tough to realize that they are their own worst enemies. And there's probably nothing that will ever change that. It is it is tough. It's, um, you know, you guys have all seen the film The Matrix. You know the, the basic analogy of the blue pill and the red pill. And then you've got the character of Cypher. And this is maybe about halfway in the film, I think. The character of Cypher... And uh, I can't remember the, the name of the guy who plays him, but you guys all know who I'm talking about. He's sitting there, he's eating the steak, and he's talking to the agent, who is played by uh, Hugo Weaving. Yes. So you've got Hugo Weaving, and you've got the Cypher dude. And Cypher's eating his steak. They're at a restaurant. And he's like, mmm. And he's like, mmm. And I'm just paraphrasing. I don't know the exact script. But he's like, mmm, mmm, mmm. Uh, this is a juicy steak. I like this steak. I know that it's not real. I know that the Matrix is sending signals to my brain to tell me that I'm eating a juicy steak. But then he says, you know what? I like that. I like living in uh, in a fantasy land. And I want to go back to it. And uh, if Morpheus had have told us the truth, I never would have taken the red pill. You know, and again, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing probably a couple of scenes and merging them together but you get the basic idea this cypher character is used in the film to explore this idea that maybe some people when they find out the truth if they could go back they would and why is that well one of the reasons is because a lot of this stuff is uh it's not nice to learn it's not nice to learn and you feel you know in the matrix they're all stuck on a ship all right it's a sterile uh boring ugly cold place right and it, and it seems kind of um, pointless too like 
it kind of seems like, well, every day they're just hoping they don't get eaten by one of those giant monsters, yeah? It's kind of like, it's like a bleak existence, right? They're living in the Matrix. Okay, they're leading normie lives. Okay, uh, Neo was just leading a normie life. As were, we're led to infer, all of the other characters. They're just leading normie lives. And then suddenly someone says, blue pill, red pill. They take the red pill. Down they go into the ship. So they go from mundane, but bearable normie lives into a bleak existence and then Cypher says you know what man no stuff this I want to go back here's the problem as far as I'm aware I don't get that option and uh, for the small percentage of you who see this video who actually understand what the hell I'm talking about you don't get to go back either even if you want to as far as I'm aware I'm still relatively young. I turned 31 recently, so I'm open-minded to the possibility that if somebody removed themselves from all of this and just went um, fishing for a couple of years, just got a job on a on a fishing trawler and didn't think about this stuff for a couple of years, I'm open-minded to the idea that they could just come back and kind of pretend they never found out. I'm open-minded to that possibility. But I think it would take uh, extreme or drastic measures you know, of that nature for it to work. You know, apart from that, I think, no, once you learn certain certain things, once you come to understand certain things, this is just how it is for you now. And uh, so you don't get the option to, to go back. Which, which, again, just makes it all the more compelling for people to go to their new communities, their Flat Earth community or their Truth community or the Max Egan Appreciation Society or whatever they want to call themselves. Same idea. It's like, wow, I'm in this bleak existence where the people who run the show, clearly no one's going to stop them. I mean, you have to be a complete idiot to actually think that the so-called truth movement's going to stop anything. What a joke. So you realize, oh, this is just how it is. Oh, but but now I can't see my friends and family the same way. And hey, But you want to feel some kind of sense of uh, connect connectivity or connectedness or intimacy with people. So, hey, you've got all these people online and we're all flat earth friends now or we're all uh, truth movement people or 9-11 or whatever you get what I'm trying to say and the thing is a lot of what I'm saying you guys know this already you don't need me to say it like you guys know this the question is can you admit it to yourselves that's the that's the hard part it's one thing to know something but it's another thing to sort of deal with what you know and uh, most of the people who were subscribed to my YouTube channel are living in delusion that's the reality of the situation okay 6,000 subscribers on this YouTube channel of which I estimate about 10% are active. So let's just say 600 people. Of those 600, only a portion of them actually get actually get any of what I'm talking about. And then of them, most are still living in a form of delusion, in my opinion. This is just my opinion, just my opinion. But I don't judge people on what they say, I judge them on what they do. And what are most people doing? They're sitting around, eating toxic food, drinking toxic alcohol, ripping bongs. The amount of substance abuse, including weed abuse, among the act realm is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Am I saying that marijuana is bad? No. Am I saying that people who smoke marijuana are bad? No. What am I saying then? I'm saying that if you're smoking weed every day, you've got a problem. Straight up. Let's just be, let's just be straight up about it right now. If you need weed to cope with your life, then you've got problems. It's that simple. And in this act realm, it blows me away. It blows me away. Like, 
it's uh it's a joke man it's a complete joke these people saying that they're they're awake and they know the truth and they're 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 bonging on to to cope with their lives it's um what and what you think these people if you get enough of them together are going to be some kind of threat to the establishment you really believe that really If you, if you believe that if you get enough people together who know the truth and they're by sitting around ripping bongs, watching Google Hangouts, that they are a threat to anything but themselves, then you are an epsilon, an epsi. Yeah, I used to use the word retard, but a couple of the members of my website, they've indicated that they feel that the use of the word retard is... Uh, counterproductive. I disagree with them. I think Lester was right on the money. When we're talking about retards, let's let's just get to the point of the matter. But I do take constructive criticism on board when it is offered in a constructive fashion. So I have replaced the word retard, which I use in the literal sense. Okay, School has retarded all of us. That's what it's there to do, and I can prove it. So I'm using the word retard in a literal sense, but that's okay. We'll use a different word. So I'm now using the word epsi, which is a shortened version of the word epsilon. Because in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, there are several classes of people. And uh, down near the bottom, you've got the epsilons, who were basically bred to do nothing other than grow, to be big enough to work, to work, to be amused by trivial things, to rarely go outside into nature, and uh, to eventually die. And I'm suggesting that most of the masses, that's what they are, including many so-called truthers and self-aware people. They are epsilons. But epsilon, three syllables, sounds a little bit uh, Greekish. Epsi, much more appropriate. So let me tell you something right now, straight up. If you believe that sitting around smoking bongs, watching Google Hangouts and YouTube videos is a threat to anyone but yourself, and the people in your immediate sphere of influence, you are an Epsi. 100% straight up. You hate me, that's fine, I don't care. It doesn't make a difference to anything. That's just the fact of the matter. So let's get back to the live comments then. What is it now? It's 11 p.m. Hmm. The uh, Belgian Grand Prix is starting in a moment. Nobody spoil that for me, okay? I'm recording the Belgian Grand Prix. Don't you dare spoil it for me. I like to watch the Grand Prix. I like to imagine that I'm when they go to that uh, camera mode where they're in the car and you're sort of racing around the track I like to imagine like whoa you know it's pretty cool it's amazing technology that we have you know that you can sit there in Brisbane Australia and watch live from in the cockpit of a car going at 300 kilometers an hour that is phenomenal this technology is absolutely phenomenal oh GLP you're teasing the normies but you still watch Formula One (laughs) yeah if you're one of those people leave this live stream right now don't have time for, like, Epsi minus people. Okay. Carrying on then. Just forgive me, guys. Like I said, the live chat, this YouTube function, this technology is sensational. I'm not complaining, but just the chat always... It's a bit of a pain in the ass. Anyway, carrying on then. Hey, Ryan V is in the chat. Good to see Ryan V in the chat. Yeah, I've actually... See, here's the thing. There's a lot of these... uh, these um, truth leaders 
don't even show their faces, right? Which, which by the way, in and of itself, I don't blame them because there's a lot of negative. Uh, there's there's some very um, dark people who mix in in the act realm, much darker than the average normie, that's for sure. So in and of itself, I don't blame people for not showing their face and not being more open. But when those people then accuse others of being paid shills and all this kind of crap, it's like, well, if you were a paid shill, I don't even I don't even think these people exist. But if they did, it'd be incumbent on them to maintain their anonymity, wouldn't it? So those of us who do show our faces and actually meet with people in real life, for them to accuse us doesn't take much thinking ability to see that there's a problem there, does it? But anyway, I've met Ryan V, cool guy. I've, um, I met him at his house, actually. See, this is the thing. Once you get past the paranoia of, ooh, paid shills are out to get us because we're such a threat to the system, ooh. Once you get over that ridiculous paranoia, you might actually find yourself meeting real people in real life. So I got to meet Ryan and his family at his house. Nice place. In a nice part of town. Well, I think it's a nice part of town. I'll never be able to afford a place like that. But uh, then again, yes, I would if I just got a full-time job and just saved the money. I probably could do that. See, it's all, it's all up to me. No point sitting here complaining. You know, if you want if you want a nice house in a nice part of town, then you've got to save the cash, man. That's the way the system works. No point complaining about that. So I see I've met Ryan, nice guy. And um, yeah. In our whole conversation for like, I think we were chatting for like three or four hours. Not once did either of us try to convince the other one that we were a victim of something. Not once. Not once. I didn't hear him once indicate that he thought that any... And here's the thing. Everybody has problems. Everybody. It's part of being a human. Is things, things happen, okay? Even if you lead a relatively sheltered life, well then, whatever is the worst thing that's ever happened to you will be a bad thing. Like, it's all a relative thing, isn't it? So... Everyone in their life has something that they wish was different, right? Or what you might call problems, everybody, right? Not once when I was chatting with Ryan did he try and indicate to me that he thought anyone was responsible for his life but him. Not once, right? So, so there are people out there who know the kind of things that I'm talking about. And so some of the things that maybe some of you think you know about, there are people out there who know this stuff, but they don't then say, oh, and, and I'm a victim too. They li- the TV lied to me, so I'm a victim. No, you can know about this stuff and not see yourself as a victim, okay? And I, I know that because I'm one of those people and I've met these people. They exist, okay? Not everyone's a paid shill out to get you. <laughs> Twitwit. And now Twitwit and I go back. Hey, Twitwit, get this right. So I was cleaning out my hard drives today. I've got five portable hard drives, right? And for too long I've been putting off like, I like to keep all of my files uh, ordered, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's, it makes it easier, so if I have to go back and get, like, an old video, there it is. Like, I know where to find it. It's common sense. But for a long time, I've been putting off uh, ordering all of, like, rearranging and tidying up all of the videos that I've downloaded from other people's channels over the years. And today, I said, that's it. I have to do this. I need to free up some space for the... Basically, I'm editing a film. And when you're editing a film, you'd be amazed how much space all of the files take up. So I thought, no, that's it. I have to do it. So I went back through these old YouTube videos. And guess what I found? Twitwit, you're going to love this. I found the original upload of the uh, 2015 
Lulls Awards, right? The Troll Awards that were hosted by... What do you call himself? Werewolf? You know the guy I'm talking about. See, we're going back three years here, guys. It's uh, ancient history now these days, isn't it? There was... That's right. The 33rd Annual Golden Troll Awards. Is that what they called them? doesn't matter. It was a four-hour spectacular. It was terrifically well done. They had about a dozen different awards, you might recall. So, so for those of you who are new to the scene, here's what happened. Back in 2014, 2015, there was this thing called the Truth Community. And there were people like Jeff C., Jeffrey, as he likes to be called, and a guy called Red Pill Revolution, who now goes by the name Truth Media Revolution. And they were like two of the, the big dudes in the scene. And PK used to be on the show. We'll do it live as well. And ah, oh, when, when everything was going well, it was. I actually thought like I was part of something, right? That's how much of an idiot I used to be. I used to feel like, yes, these people know the TV is lying and uh, more people are learning about this. So it's only a matter of time until more people learn and blah, 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 blah. And um, before all of the drama, it was a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, then there was a lot of drama and a lot of stuff happened and a lot of people had fights and it was a disaster, complete disaster. Well, these guys were like... Basically, there was about, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 dudes who were all younger, right? So these guys would have all been either late teens or in their 20s. And I guess they just had more of a, like more of a comedic or more of a piss-taking attitude towards the so-called truth movement. They, I think most of them did feel like they were part of something, but when they got disillusioned by the disaster, rather than, you know, act like middle-aged losers, they basically took, which is what most middle-aged people do when things go bad, they get very, um, you know, we'll talk about that later. These guys were younger, they had a more of a comedic attitude towards it, so they did this thing called the, I'll find it, I've got it on my hard drive, I'll go and find it in a minute. I might even play some of it for you guys, if I can work out OBS, which I'm sure I can. Anyway, the point of my story is, I had saved a few of the clips from this award show, but as far as I knew, the original four-hour upload was gone. The original upload had disappeared. No one knew who had originally uploaded it. It was gone forever. And I was chatting with a guy called Josh. He was part of this group, Josh, also known as Truth Undenied. I was chatting with him about six months ago, maybe maybe a year ago now. Time goes so... It probably was a year ago. Time goes so quickly. And, um, and the other people in his panel, yeah, no one knew where the original was. Well, guess who must have downloaded a copy at the time me yes and I forgot I had it but it was there on the hard drive I found it today which I'm very happy about so what I'm going to have to do is start a new YouTube channel and uh, re-upload it in full so the 20 people around the world who still remember and still care can enjoy it and uh, yeah, I'm very happy about that Twitwit so I'm sure you will enjoy that as well take a little trip down memory lane and remember back back to the good old days with uh Jeffrey C and Truth Undenied and Red Pill and uh, who was that crazy dude with the gun? You know the guy I'm talking about. He was about forty years old. He was um, used to wear a baseball hat, and he had, he got the gun out on camera once. Who? I, I kind of feel embarrassed that I've forgotten all these people's names, but in a way, I'm actually kind of proud that I've forgotten all of these people's names. It shows that I've that my mind has moved on, but. Um, but yeah, he, he won an award as well. And uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, Crazy, Crazy Morris? 
What was his name? Robbie Morris, who used to have his own live show, get drunk on camera. A 40-year-old man hanging out with people in their 20s on a live hangout, getting drunk. <laughs> and hey, listen, I'm not here to criticize people who get drunk, okay? But a 40-year-old man acting like a tough guy and uh, hanging out with people in their 20s, spreading the truth. <sighs> it was all a joke, man. Right from the start, it was all a joke. All a joke. Anyway, let's go to the live... Got 40 people watching right now. Let's go to the live comments then. Get your comments coming through, guys. I'll read them out. Let's have some fun here. Or why not? Matt Reynolds says, Good morning, y'all. Good morning to you, Matt Reynolds. Let's have a look. Let's carry on here then. Uh, let's see. Joven Trendmaker. Is it? Joven, you were one of the, uh, the young. The comedic isn't the word. What I'm trying to say is that those you guys who your response to the disaster was to make light of the situation. I, I looking back, think that was a far more healthy way to deal with it all than, uh, than the other people who really let it get to them. You know, that, that whole um, Transasia schism and the Flat Earth schism and all that kind of stuff, that messed a lot of people up, you know. And it's, it's, it's understandable when you understand how humans work and... And all that kind of thing. But you guys who uh, did all of the... I don't want to call it trolling. It's not really trolling. Like, if you if you do a four-hour show and you give an award to the best... What was the award you guys gave me? Best shill or most likely to be a paid shill or whatever it was, right? And you take the time to make this funny award ceremony and, and whatever. You know, I guess that's kind of trolling, but it's not... It wasn't, it wasn't negative. It was just... It was funny, you know? And... Uh, yeah, it, um, it's a shame. It's a shame it all went to shit. Now, let's carry it. Pardon my language, by the way, guys. I'll try and watch my language. We are broadcasting live. Restful Sheezer, Restful S says, Whatever happened to Mr. Needium, JLB? I don't know. And it wasn't Mr. Needium, it was Lester Needium, and I don't know. I don't know what happened. Actually, that's funny. I found some of Lester's old videos today as well. And uh, I forgot how intelligent Lester was. Like, um... It wasn't just that Lester could see what other people couldn't see, but Lester had a way of communicating ideas that basically would appeal to intelligent people, but would repel dumb people, which uh, is maybe not always the best method, but in some cases it is a good method. It's kind of like a filter. So for instance, Lester would have a lot of text in his or her videos. Dumb people hate reading, okay? You know how cats hate water? Have you ever tried to give a cat a bath? Cats hate water. Some some cats like water, but they're the exception. Generally, cats hate water. I don't know why. Dumb people are the same with reading. They hate it. I don't know why. Like, they'll read a newspaper or whatever to pass the time, but in terms of actually reading and thinking, it's like cats near water. They hate it. And of course, they'll tell you, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to read. Yeah, too busy ripping bongs watching YouTube videos. Not too busy to do that. Too busy to read a book, though. Yeah. So Lester had this technique of having lots of text in his or her videos. and um, But if you actually read the text, it wasn't like it was just words for the sake of it. Lester was making a point. And Lester would use colors and kind of... Um, the same idea throughout a video would have the same color. So you could actually see that the color coordination was intentional. And so much thought must have gone into Lester's videos. you know. And, uh, and I always appreciated that and respected that, but...
Sadly, earlier this year, uh, Lester decided that outer space is real and that I, me, JLB, was in the wrong for saying that outer space is a hoax, which it is, by the way. If you don't, if you don't know that outer space is a hoax, then uh, one of two things is going to happen here. You're going to leave this call thinking that I'm crazy, which is fine. Think that. Makes no difference. Or within a few hours, maybe a few days, everything's going to be different for you because you'll take the time to look into why people like me say outer space is a hoax. And you'll come to see that you've got no evidence that outer space is real. Nobody does because it isn't real. It's a hoax. And that'll change everything for you. It'll change everything. So uh, so anyway, but, but Lester was saying that outer space is real. And um, Lester made like a... Might have been 30 pages or 40 pages. Wrote a detailed PDF document in response to me directly. JLB directly, yes. Uh, trying to argue that outer space is real. Now, now Lester has every right to do this. And in a way, I kind of admire it because at least there's lots of people who say that I'm wrong and they just sit around like chimpanzees throwing poo. You know, that's all they're capable of. How does that help anybody? It doesn't help anyone. Whereas Lester took the time to actually write up a detailed explanation, JLB, here's why you're wrong. You see, so I appreciate that. But the amount of effort that went into that piece of work, it's like, Lester, of all people, why... Like, look at all the people who are wrong out there about so many things. Why are you focusing on me? Like, uh, <laughs> I'm just some dude from Brisbane. You know what I mean? Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm just some guy, some roughly 30-year-old guy from Brisbane who runs a website and a YouTube channel. Like, I'm not that important. So, so why give so much attention to me? I don't know. And, um, but again, I take it as a compliment and I, and I, not just a compliment, but again, I could be wrong about outer space. I could be wrong about nuclear bombs or dinosaurs. So if I am, then thank you to the people who put the effort in to show me how I'm wrong, which Lester tried to do because Lester thought I was wrong, but Lester was wrong. Outer space is a hoax and Lester was wrong. And, um, that was earlier this year, if memory serves me. And we haven't really seen much of Lester since then. And sadly, Lester has deleted all of Lester's videos. Fortunately for me, I managed to save from what I could gather today, because I haven't quite finished all of the hard drive sorting. But uh, from what I saw today, I've probably got about half a dozen Lester videos, including a couple of Lester's best videos ever. So, so that's pretty cool. But um, it's like, let's, let's just say for argument's sake, I'm correct. Outer space is a hoax, and Lester was wrong about that. It doesn't change all the good work Lester did on the International Space Station on the way that the magician does his trick, because most of the deceptions are just magician's tricks, okay? The way that they function is no different to a magician's trick in terms of how you misdirect the audience, how you gain their confidence. The way that a magic trick is performed and the way that it works, very similar to what we see on the TV with the ISS and Sandy Hook and these kinds of things. So Lester did some sensational work and for Lester to to get rid of all of that, it's disappointing. Like even if I had have saved all of Lester's videos, 
it'd still be disappointing because it's like, well, Lester, you know, some of those videos must have taken hours and hours to make, okay? Like a 10-minute video, if it's made well, takes hours and hours. And I know that because I make good videos, right? And mine aren't text-based. So Lester would have had to have scripted a lot of those videos before sitting down to edit them. So, So we're talking hours and hours and hours of work. Good work, good outcome, good finished product. One of the few people in in this entire scene who gets it, or at least gets a lot of it, to to delete all of that, to get rid of all of that. It's it's kind of like uh, like an artist, you know, walking into their own uh, art gallery and just taking all the paintings down and putting them away, and it's like. Why are you doing that for? You know what I mean? Like, if you've got one or two paintings that you don't like anymore, you can you can take them away. It's fine. You don't have to take the rest of them away as well. Especially when this is some of the best art in town. Easily. Look at look at this act realm. It's a freaking joke. It is a complete joke. Just how dumb most of the people in this scene are. They are epsies. They are completely epsied. It is phenomenal. Most of the content creators in this scene are parrots. They're parroting nonsense. They're doing no research. They're doing no thinking. They're not conveying good ideas. They're absolutely hopeless. So imagine you're in a town where on every corner there's someone who fancies themselves as an artist and you walk into their little art shop and it's like you've got just got crayon paintings on the wall and you're like, really? Max Egan, this is... People respect this shit, right? Everywhere, just... Everyone thinks they've got good art to share and it's all crap. And there's an art gallery that is just fantastic. Great stuff. Every single painting deserving attention. You can sit there and admire it for hours, think about it for hours, right? And then Lester walks in one day and just turns off the lights, closes the doors, and you're like, well, Lester, you realize what you've just done now. Now people only have one place to go to get good art, and that's my place, right? But all of the art at my art gallery, I made it. So I don't really want to sit around and admire my art. I need somewhere else to go. And now I can't go to Lester's place because you closed it. So so what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's very disappointing, you know? Very disappointing. And and you would think that by now someone would have come along and just opened their own their own uh, art gallery to keep the analogy going. You know, there's enough of my work out there and Les's work out there and there's other people who've done good work. Ray West has done good work on the Newcoax and just the idea of asking for evidence. Fakeologist has done good work interviewing people and sharing a lot of uh, other people's work as well. So you get a lot of good ideas from Fakeologist. Hoax Bastard's Call, Chris Kendall has made some cool calls where he calls people and, and basically just gets people who are clowns to basically admit that they're clowns uh, in not as many words. Uh, Max Rat has done some cool stuff, taking clips from old um, videos and, and news reports and playing them together. And So there are people who've done good work, don't get me wrong, but but ultimately... Uh, another one is um, Eric Hunt. He's a guy who made uh, the Spielberg's hoax, Last Days of the Big Lie. That's good work as well. So there are there are good people out there who've done good work, but they're few and far between. They're generally isolated to one topic, 
or two topics. There aren't many people who can look at the magician's trick and explain it to you, and Lester was one of them, and uh, Lester's gone. So, so yeah, I, to answer your question, I don't know where Lester is. I don't know if Lester's going to come back. I hope that Lester does come back. I hope that when Lester comes back, Lester no longer believes in outer space because outer space is a hoax, which I've tried to explain many times. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. I should have got myself a glass of water. Forgive me, guys, if my voice is going. It's been a while since I've done a live show like this. Been a while. Let's have a look. Let's go through the live chat. Flatearth.life. Why... Why are there flat earthers subscribed to my channel? Yes, it is true that three years ago I did a show called the Ball Earth Skeptic Roundtable. This is true. And I interviewed a whole bunch of flat earthers. Yes, this is also true. I interviewed the biggest names in flat earth. Eric Dubay, Mark Sargent, Jeronism, Wakey Wakey, The Mork Isle. This is also true. It was the greatest show the scene has ever seen. That's also true, yes. But that was three years ago, guys. Since then, I've released no less than 50 videos debunking, critiquing, and mocking Flat Earth. Okay, no less than 50. And it's been three years, so why the hell are you people still subscribed to my channel? Hmm? I wish I wish you well. I wish you peace. I wish you fortune. I hope you achieve the goals that you set for yourself in life. Truly, no animosity from me towards anybody, let alone the Flat Earthers. But why are you still subscribed to my channel? Why? What do you hope to get out of this? I've explained to you why your leaders are charlatans. I've given you evidence, documented evidence, that your leaders are charlatans. I've shown you the evidence that their belief system doesn't work. I've shown you that their maps can't possibly work. I've shown you that they will tell you one story one week and look straight at the camera and tell you a different story the very next week. I've shown you this. There's nothing more I can show you. So why are you still here? What, what, do, you, what do you expect to get from this? Why? Why are you here? Why don't you just unsubscribe and go on with your life and enjoy your life? And if Flat Earth is really the truth, then go and hang out with the Flat Earth people, man. Why are you here? It's, uh, I don't see what you think you have to gain. Twitwit says, JLB, how much is a membership to your Discord server? Well, it doesn't cost anything to join my Discord server, but only members of my website. Uh, welcome on the Discord server. Only they can get access. So, to answer your question, the Discord server costs nothing, but you need to be a member of the website, which at the moment is $20 Australian per month. And anybody who signs up now, that's the price they'll pay until they cancel in six months, a year, five years, doesn't matter. They'll be grandfathered on that on that price. Uh, $20 Australian, which is about 15 US at the moment per month. But um, but I plan to leave this video up and uh, in the future, in a month or two, I'm doubling that price, mostly to stop more people from joining because the website's already 
everything I wanted it to be. If anything, it's probably gotten a little bit too big. I mean, I've only found out recently <clears throat> that there's a there are a couple of flat earthers who are members of my website, which I didn't realize. And that's okay. You you're allowed to be a flat earther and be a member of my website. That's okay. But still, we come back to this problem of why? Why would you want? Why would someone want to talk to me or listen to me if they're a flat earther? Why would like? Uh, yeah. So so what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to release this Dino Skeptic film, and uh, that's the one that I shot on location. I went out to. I'll, I'll talk more about it later. But I went out to the heart of Australia and I filmed the official holotype specimen of the dinosaurs that they had discovered. And it's taken me a long time to put in the effort and the time to finish the uh, the final film. But uh, we're, I don't want to say weeks away, but August, yeah, it, it could be as little as weeks away at this point. Now, when I release that, that'll be released via my website and uh, that'll be a, a film that you can rent. So just like any other uh, view on demand uh, film or TV show, it be like that. So it might be, look, it might be $7 to rent and uh, $12 to buy or $30 for the DVD or something like this. I haven't really decided the price point, but all of the members of the website will get instant access to the film and they'll be in the credits as well. So what I'll have to do is the day before I release that film, I'll have to increase the, the membership for the website anyway. Otherwise, why would you get the film? You would just go and become a member and and then get you know two years of my work practically for free. So it doesn't really make sense. So I have to increase I have to increase the price anyway. So what I'll probably do is maybe let's say October. At some point in October probably it'll go up to forty dollars Australian a month and and that's about thirty dollars US. And um, at that point I expect far fewer people to sign up. More people have already signed up than I expected. I've got like there's about fifty members on the website now, fifty two, fifty four, something like this. Which is phenomenal. Because what it means is that, because I work a normie job two days a week, most of the time. Sometimes it's more than two days, but a lot of the time it's only two days a week. So I get to spend the rest of my time doing research, making videos, uh, producing podcasts, writing articles. It's it's phenomenal. It's it's amazing how well things have worked out. So, so yeah. So the point is, uh, if you're watching this video now in August, then uh, it's twenty dollars a month. But if you're watching this say October, probably 40. And and again, let me explain. People who sign up before the increase, they remain on that price forever. It's, it's called grandfathering. Basically, you sign up before the increase and, and that's the cost. And the other benefit of doing it that way is it's kind of like the people who helped the site become what it is. They uh, I call them foundation members. It's like they helped me make this uh, a real thing. And uh, that's my way of, of saying thanks is like, no matter what happens in the future, 20 bucks a month, which is like I said, 15 bucks US, which anyone who can't afford that is an absolute loser. And I don't want them on my website in the first place. That's the beauty of it. It's like a filter. It's like anyone who can't afford that has nothing to offer anybody. Okay, they can't even get their own life in order. So stay the hell away from my website. Stay the hell away from my YouTube channel. If you can't afford $15 US a month, please do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. If you can't afford that, go and take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask yourself where it all went so wrong and ask yourself what you're going to do to fix that tomorrow because you can. I don't care what situation you're in, you can improve your life if you want to. And if you can't afford 15 US a month, 
like four dollars a week forget you shouldn't even be listening to me right now you shouldn't be on the computer looking at any of this stuff you've got bigger problems which you can fix if you want to fix them so yes anyway but I wasn't planning to talk about the Twitter thing uh, not Twitter uh, Discord so I'll come back to that later maybe but uh, anyway anyway I'm trying to see if uh, Twitwit left a comment about the Troll Awards I would have thought you would have liked that news Twitwit some I think this is cool news for the 20 of us who remember all of what was happening back then one of us just so happens to be me downloaded a copy of the full show the full four hours and I'm going to re-upload it but I'm not going to upload it on my channel in case some idiot decides to try and copyright strike it. So I will create a separate YouTube channel and I'll uh, upload it there if I can. Uh, look, I might even just re-upload it to my channel. Who cares? Who cares if my channel even got taken down at this point? Most of what I do is on the website these days anyway. You know, The only thing I would miss from this YouTube channel is my Ariana Grande video. In fact, let me bring that up on the screen. Look at this. I've got the OBS going. I haven't even used it. So let's scroll down here. Check this out, right? This is my Ariana Grande terror attack video. It's up to almost 700,000 views. Me, uh, nobody from Brisbane, Australia, does a three-minute piss-take video about the Ariana Grande so-called terror attack. He wakes up the next day. It's up to like 10, 15,000 views. He's like, wow, that's that's... I never get that kind of uh, traction. Later that day, 40,000. Whoa. You know, for a nobody with a small YouTube channel, that's a lot. Feeling pretty good about himself. Goes to bed, wakes up. 120,000 views. Whoa. What's going on here? Later that day, 200,000. What the hell, man? Fast forward a few days, half a million views. To this day, man, if you, if you could go back to to 27-year-old JLB and when he was just getting into this scene and he was still a complete, well, not a complete, but for the most part, a blue-pilled normie, a conspiratite, actually. I would, man, I used to be into Zero Hedge. I used to believe Jeffrey C. was uh, the real deal. I used to think the baby hoaxes were, like, important. Uh, man, I was, um, I was very, very naive. But if you could go back to that JLB and just say, hey, man, for all of the time and effort you put into this, at the very end of it, you'll have at least one thing to show for it, which is a three-minute sketch where you mock one of these baby hoaxes. And back then, he wouldn't know what a baby hoax was, so you'd have to explain it to him. But you mock one of these baby hoaxes and you get half a million views. I think he would have taken that. I think he would have said, really? Let's do it. So, uh, so to this day, I'm very proud of that. So if my YouTube channel got deleted that'd be the only thing that i'd that i'd miss and the thing is i've documented that it got that many views anyway so in the future if i wanted to look back and reminisce i'll always have the video because i here's the thing you know there's people like oh they deleted my channel i lost all my videos well then you're a, then you then you messed up didn't you it's not hard to save your videos i've got two copies of all of my videos minimum so how do these idiots lose their videos when their channels are deleted it's if you need if you need evidence that you're dealing with EPSIs, there it is. That they would put time in to make a video, upload it, and not keep a copy. I mean, I picked up a four terabyte portable hard drive. How much did that cost me? 150 bucks Australian, I think. Maybe maybe 170 Australian, maybe. For a four terabyte hard drive. I've made literally 500 YouTube videos. 
every single one of them and the editing files, okay, which are usually bigger than the actual exported file, every single one of those files fits on that four terabyte hard drive. And I know that because I was rearranging stuff today. So what, they can't afford a freaking portable hard drive to put their videos on? What a joke, man. Complete joke. So if they ever did delete my YouTube channel, then I would still have the copies of the video and I would have documentation that, yes, one of my three-minute sketches got, according to YouTube, half a million views. And, uh, yeah, I am very proud of that to this day. And it, of course, the funny thing is I put less effort into that video than just about any other video I've ever made. It was one of the least, one of the lowest effort things I've ever done on YouTube. And it got more views than... Some of the videos I've uploaded have taken literally 10 hours. 10 hours. They get 500 views. Of which, how many are real views? Maybe 50? You know what I mean? I, I put half an hour, not even, into that into that video. And uh, half a million views. You might say that there's no justice, but the truth is that video is probably one of the best that I've made. Even though it was low effort, it's one of the best that I've made because it was complete deadpan. It was complete deadpan. I've tried to do deadpan on a few videos, and usually I just crack up laughing. You know what I mean? I can't help myself. I'll start recording, and then I'll just start giggling like a schoolgirl. That one I was able to record. I'm pretty sure I did that one in one take. It was either one take or two takes. I just sat at this computer. What did I say? Um, I think I think I said something like, "I've got a message for you." I didn't. I wasn't smiling. I was like, <clears throat> "I was like, all right." You know what? Instead of me trying to recreate the magic, let's see the magic. Tell me if this comes through in the live chat. Tell me if you guys can see this. I don't know about you guys, but I am sick to death of these conspiracy theorists claiming that at these events, like the one we just saw in Manchester, that no one died or got hurt. It is so disrespectful. And in this video, I've got proof that this event happened. And I hope that all of you conspiracy theorists, when you see this video... You have a hard, damn hard look at yourself and think about what you're doing. Is that coming through, guys? Can you tell me if you can... Uh, can you guys hear that? Tell me, like, let me know if you can hear it. I don't know. I'm still learning OBS. So I'm still getting better at this. So can you guys... If I play a video, can you hear it? Dan W says, nice, the audio is good. Just one more person just confirmed that for me. Loud and clear. I love it. All right. Thanks, guys. So let's let's go back to uh, a bit of magic from, I think it was May last year. <laughs> so you, you just saw that, didn't you? That was video footage of the guy running in, screaming all kinds of Allahu Akbars. People running, people horrified, and all they wanted to do was see Ariana Grande. Check this out again.
God, that's terrible stuff. Of course, what you actually just saw was crisis actors rehearsing for a terror attack in Manchester in the United Kingdom. And it says here, and I'll link to this in the info box below, crisis actors rehearse terror attack inside the Trafford Centre, which is Manchester's largest shopping mall. Actor playing the role of a terrorist repeatedly shouts, Allahu Akbar. Hold on, let's watch this again. Jesus, what's of um, what's it screaming? But it looks so real. It looks just like what we looks just like what we saw that actually did happen for sure yesterday. Yesterday, and uh, gee, it's. Uh, but it looks people on the ground. Uh, pandemonium. No actual signs of bodies that have been blown apart. It looks looks just like just looks just like um. Hmm. Ah, memories, guys. Memories. And, uh, yeah, half a million views for that one. And that was a huge learning curve for me in a number of ways. One of them was when I made that video, I thought it would be obvious that I was taking the piss. In fact, you can even see that about halfway through I say, like, I, I snap out of deadpan character into... Okay, so what you just saw was... Okay, so I thought it was... When I was making it, I thought it was obvious that I was taking the piss in the first half. So in other words, for the first half, you're meant to think I'm being serious, but then halfway through, you realize, oh, he was just doing that, and now he's... Now he's being serious. But... The comments that were left... I got thousands of comments on that video. Thousands, right? And I... I was going through the comments. Even regular commenters on my YouTube channel didn't get that I was joking. They thought I'd gone to the dark side. The paranoia and... Like, most people in this scene are complete epsies, okay? Let's just get that fact straight from the start. I already kind of knew that at the time, but I didn't realize just how bad it was. That that video would be enough for someone who'd been a viewer of my channel for years to go, oh, JLB's gone to the dark side, right? Because in their mind, that's what happens. In their mind, YouTubers, I don't know, they're sitting at the park feeding seagulls and two guys come and sit down wearing black sunglasses and suits and they sit down next to them and they say, JLB, You've gotten too big. You know, and JLB is just sitting there feeding the seagulls. What do you guys want? You know what we're here for. We're here to make you an offer you can't refuse. Oh, yeah, what's that? Well, firstly, don't speak too loud. We're at a public park. But secondly, we're going to take your YouTube channel to the top. Oh, yeah, cool. Sounds good. What's, uh, what's the catch? No catch. Your biggest video to date, 40,000 views. We can get you half a million. But you've got to pretend that the Ariana Grande 
uh, terror event that's going to happen next week is real. And if you do that, we'll we'll take you to the top. Really, that's it. You want me to pretend that the event is real, where no one died and no one got hurt, and in return, you'll give me a video that gets half a million views, which compared to most real viral videos is nothing. But you'll give me half a million views if I pretend that people died or got hurt at a fake event. That's right. Deal. Right? That's that's how these people think it happens. As ridiculous as as that sounds, I can show you. I have documented the kind of comments that were left. Even from long-term subscribers to my channel. So they didn't get that it was a deadpan piss-take video, a sketch. Even though halfway through the video I made it... I thought I made it obvious. But worse than that, their first assumption was, oh, he's, he's gone to the dark side, right? Because that's how these Epsies see the world. They see it as there's this group of people who watch YouTube videos who are on the good side. We're on the good side. We watch YouTube videos and we want to spread the truth and then there's a dark side and people switch from the good side to the dark side just as a matter of routine that's actually how they see I mean yeah anyway so so it was cool it was cool to have a video that by my standards got traction it was cool that it was sketch comedy even when I was a child like we used to have um like, say, yearly uh, events at school where you would get a chance to perform in front of other kids or whatever. Like, say, on school camp. On school camp, there'd be, like, a performance night where all the kids would get to get together and um, come up with their own performance. So usually the girls would get together and do, like, dancing or singing. Like, I remember Spice Girls was huge when I was uh, a child. So I remember very well, like, grade three camp, a bunch of girls got together and sang, uh, what's that song? You know... Oh, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, you know. Uh, what's that one called? If You Want to Be My Lover. That's what it's called. So yeah, I remember a bunch of the girls got together and uh, sang and danced Spice Girls Wannabe. And myself and a few of my buddies, we did like a like a sketch comedy thing. Like We're talking like eight, nine years old. And there was a very popular TV show in Australia at the time called Full Frontal. Full Frontal, yes. And um, if you go back and watch now clips of Full Frontal, it is absolute shite. It's just embarrassing how bad it was. But it was very popular in Australia at the time. And uh, myself and my friends, we all used to watch that kind of TV show and we loved it. We thought it was great. So we, we considered ourselves to be like uh, little budding um, sketch comedians, I guess. And, uh, yeah, and that was something that I did, you know, right throughout school was, and, and not just me, like that was a common thing for the, for the guys to do was to do like stand up comedy or sketch comedy or whatever. So the idea that one of my videos doing sketch comedy got half a million views. Yeah. It's, I'll, I'll probably always, I mean, maybe not, maybe when I get older, I'll grow out of caring about any of this, but for the time being, no, I'm still very proud of that. And yeah. So if they deleted my YouTube channel, that'd be the only thing that I would care about. Uh, the rest of it, I wouldn't care, you know. Basically, if they deleted my YouTube channel, suppose I've got 600, let's just say five or 600 regular viewers on my YouTube channel. If they deleted my YouTube channel, 
maybe a dozen of you would decide to move to the website and the rest of you would just move on with your lives as though I never existed. And and life would go on. It really wouldn't make a difference. So all these people who were like, oh, they shut my channel down. <laughs> Send me money on PayPal. <laughs> if you fall for that, you're an Ipsy, all right? And if you if I ever come to you and I'm like, oh, they deleted my YouTube channel. I don't know how I'm going to get... If, if I come to you and I do that, and you're dumb enough to give me money, then we're both in the wrong. I'm in the wrong for deceiving you and milking a situation for money, and you're in the wrong for being dumb enough to give me the money, okay? Now, the good news is I haven't done that. I won't do that. They could delete this channel midstream. I won't do that. I don't care. What I'm trying to explain to you is all of these people appealing for your money, they're preying on the stupidity of the average person. And the average person is incredibly stupid, including many of the people who will see this uh, live stream. Incredibly stupid. So, yeah, I wanted to make that little point. So let's carry on. I'm enjoying this chat. What is it? A quarter midnight. That's I was meant to finish this stream a long time ago, but I'm enjoying this, getting back into the, uh, the swing of things, getting back into it. It's good. So let's carry on. I might have to go and get a glass of water, though. I'm struggling a little bit, but that's okay. Let's carry on with the, uh, with the comments. Where are we? Alrighty. Let's see. Let's go. Uh, Robert J. Morris, what a classic. Uh, that's Mem. Yes, Mem. Uh, Robbie J. Morris. Do you guys remember how... I don't want to say too much, but... Do you remember how there was some younger girls who were on his stream regularly? Do you remember how... One of those girls turned up at Robbie's house. Like, it's like a 40-year-old man, like the big, rugged, tough guy with the with the cowboy hat and all this kind of stuff. And, and he's got these younger people on his live stream. And one of them, subsequently, we see her in his, in his house. Do you guys remember that? Hey, what a time to be alive, guys. All right. Tweetwit says that Jeff C. and Tim had a hangout a few days ago. Yeah, I think what happened was... And, and you'd be amazed how many of Tim's videos I've got saved as well. I've got... Timmy has said that he's quitting this scene so many times. And I've got the videos to prove it. Now, I know that he kind of does that in jest these days. It's kind of like a running gag. But... A lot of people do this. They're like, oh, I'm quitting YouTube. I'm quitting YouTube. No, no one's quitting YouTube, man. We're all addicted, including me. Even me. I've had, what, five months, six months since my last live stream? I don't know. But after a break, here I am again. You see? You could argue that. Okay, even if I'm not addicted to live streaming, I'm still uploading videos, what, once a week on average? That's, you know, for what, really? You know, it's uh, it's addictive, man, all of this. This technology is completely addictive, so... All these people saying, oh, I'm quitting, or oh, I'm quitting. Yeah, give me a break, man. Tim's not quitting. And and I think what happened with him and Jeff C was... So, Jeffrey C used to say that anyone who makes money from any of this stuff is a bad person, right? And I'm paraphrasing. What's Jeffrey doing now? He's running his own Patreon, where people sign up as Patreons, specifically to take part in his private Google Hangouts, right? 
This is a man who used to decry and call a shill anyone who made any money from any of this kind of stuff. Now he's actually, like that's one of the perks of signing up as one of his patrons, is that you, you get to go and speak with him. You know what I'm doing in a moment? I'm going to open up the show so that others, you guys can come and join me, right? Anyone wants to come and join me now, come and join me for free. Yeah? But not Jeffrey C., the guy who used to say that it's wrong to make money from this. You've got to pay to speak to him. Well, Timmy has some technical skills, and somehow he found a way to get into the to the private hangout without paying for it. And uh, and I think that's how he and Jeffrey were having a chat. But of course, what were they chatting about, Twitwit? They were chatting about... Flat Earth. So, what are we now? Three years since all of that drama was going on. And Jeffrey is still talking about Flat Earth. If Jeffrey is still here in three years, do you think he will have stopped talking about Flat Earth? No. No. Because his audience is a bunch of Epsies. And they're too dumb to realize what's going on here. Same as all of these debates with Jaronism and Red's Rhetoric. Do you think those debates... Do you think they're going to have a debate one day where one of them says to the other one, you know what? I think you're right. You've you've finally convinced me to your way of thinking. All right? Do you think that's ever going to happen? No. So here we are three years later. They're still having these debates. Still getting all their Patreon money. Which, by the way, I have no problem with these people getting money from their supporters. Okay? That's... If, if someone feels like Jaronism is giving them value and they want to give Jaronism money, that's their business. It has nothing to do with me. What I'm pointing out, however, is that it is a business, okay? People like Jaronism make money from it. See, with me, I've got a website. It's literally a business, okay? You sign up through PayPal. There's no... There's no... Like, there's no... How, how can you not... How can you not see... Like, it's a business. It's a website, do you think this content is worth your $20 Australian a month? No. Good luck with your life. Is this content worth your money? Yes. Well, then pay, just like anything else in life, right? So it's very straightforward. But I say, I'm not changing the world. It's difficult enough to change my own life, man. I mean, look at it. It's 10 to midnight. I should be in bed by now, but I'm staying up, right? So it's difficult enough for me to even make positive changes and, and make positive habit changes in my life, right? So what kind of what kind of a charlatan would I be for me to say that I'm going to change the world or that if you give me money, I'm going to change the world? That'd be a complete load of nonsense. That's what these people do. You've got people like Jaronism and Bob and these other charlatans pretending that they're going to bring down NASA, that the truth is spreading. We've got millions of supporters. It's going to go from 5% to 95% overnight, right? That's what they're claiming. Complete load of baloney. So you can see that's very different to you can be you can be open about what you're doing. I'm providing content or I'm providing uh, even if look even if Jeffrey wanted to say call me and tell me your problems as a truther. Fine. But that's not what they say. They pretend as though they're going to change the world. And uh, and people if people want to give money, if people want to give money and feel like they're part of some change, that's their business, you know. That's their business. But um, it is funny just to see how much things have changed for Jeffrey. And is he going to admit that? No, he's not. Do his, do his fans even realize? No, they don't. Bunch of Epsies. Completely hopeless. So, uh, so yeah, that's the world we live in. So, yeah, so Timmy was chatting with him about Flat Earth, but 
Timmy will probably still be talking about Flat Earth in a few years' time. So will Jeffrey. So will Jeronism. So will Red's rhetoric. And uh, so will all of these people. It's just the way it's going to be. That's the way it is these days, I'm afraid. Twitwit says that Lester is JLB. Yeah, that's what people say. People claim that we're the same person. In fact, one of one of the very few people who I feel as though... Because we're all on very different paths, okay? Those of us who are truly trying to improve ourselves and get rid of the silly beliefs in our heads, which is an ongoing process. You can't do it in a week or in a month. This is years and years. Even in the last few weeks, I've discovered things where I'm like, how the hell did I still believe that? How did I not work that out? And I've been doing this for years now. So we're all on very different paths. I mean, most people aren't on a path at all. They're just goldfish. They're basically non-player characters, let's be honest. But of the small percentage of people who are truly trying to improve themselves, our paths are different. Our paths are different. And that's natural. That's okay. But one of the few people who I feel is on a somewhat similar path to me is uh, a guy who lives in America. And, um, you know, we've read some of the same books and we talk about the same topics. And he, to this day... He's he's a member of my website. He has been for two years now, I think. Basically, since the start. He still believes I'm Lester. This is a guy I get along with. We we do uh, regular Skype calls on the website, and we get along well, and and um, and he still believes I'm Lester. So, if even he believes I'm Lester, most people are going to think I'm Lester. Doesn't matter what I say. And the only person who can change that is Lester. Right, if Lester was to come out and uh, put their, Lester wouldn't have to show Lester's face. Lester could just uh, like do a live stream with voice or something. I mean, I'm sure something could be organised to demonstrate that we're not the same person. But Lester doesn't want to do that, and that's cool. Lester is under no compulsion to uh, reveal information about themselves. It's that's up to Lester. So if people want to believe I'm Lester, that's cool. For the most part, Lester and I are on the same page. It, it really just is the space hoax and uh, and sync. Sync is a very important thing to me, but Lester thinks that sync is, I don't know. Those are probably the only two areas where we disagree. Other than that, we pretty much agree on a lot of things. And Lester is the best at what Lester does. So, And I'm the best at what I do. So if people want to say that I'm Lester, I take it as a compliment. Let's, oh, Mr. Grimm, that was the guy's name. Thank you, Joven. Mr. Grimm was the guy. And um, look, he he and I had our disagreements, but I honestly think in many ways he was a cool dude, right? Clearly he had some anger management issues, but you know who am I to judge anybody? You know what I mean? Like we've all got our problems. So, so putting his anger management issues aside, I thought Mr. Grimm was a pretty cool dude. And he actually was into some pretty cool topics. and um, But it was funny. Looking back at that whole scene now, I mean, you've got a guy who... We just get a... Was it a shotgun? I can't remember if it was a shotgun. I'm pretty sure it was... I'm pretty sure it was a serious piece of weaponry that he would just whip out live on camera. And it's like, man... It's not a smart move. You know? I understand that in the United States, it might be more common for people to have guns just lying around the house. I understand that that might well be the case. And I, for one, don't have a problem with that. However, when you're on a live stream, to just 
to just pull it out as like a threat. It's just uh, it's problematic on several levels, I would think. So yeah, good old Mr. Grimm. One of the funniest things, Joven, you remember this? Twit, you remember this? One of the funniest things was when Jeffrey got together all of his friends to do a live stream specifically to target yours truly to uh, to say that Flat Earth was a... Firstly, to say that I was a Flat Earther, which is a lie. Always was a lie. Still is a lie. To say that I'm a Flat Earther and that Flat Earth is a paid shill operation and that the Earth is definitely a spinning ball, right? And they get Mr. Grimm on the show. And then Mr. Grimm starts saying... And then it got... Uh, what was his name? Mr. Astro photography what did he call himself dr astro whatever some some expert astrophotographer which by the way astrophotography is just taking photos of the night sky okay which which is a cool pastime i think it's a cool thing to do with you you know it's better than watching freaking reality tv or whatever right but we're just talking about photographing the night sky okay we're not talking about some kind of um, oracle but that was their expert, their authority that they had come onto the show. And then Mr. Grimm started arguing with him about the the moon landings being a hoax or something like... No, it was, um, can rockets work in a vacuum or something like this? So when Jeffrey is trying to organize, like, this big get-together, this big anti-JLB get-together, a little fight breaks out on his own show because Mr. Grimm doesn't believe the official story about space. <sighs> These people are a joke, man. And and really, I was the one who took them seriously. So I I can't sit here and... I'm not complaining, that's for sure. I mean, looking back, it is funny. And I learned a lot. I've learned so much stuff I wouldn't have learned. So it's not here to complain. But yeah, what a joke, man. The whole This whole truth realm, the whole act realm, with the exception of my website, Fakeologist, and one or two other platforms which I've already named. With these rare exceptions, this whole place is a joke, okay? And it's full of jokers and clowns and charlatans. And if you're someone who's addicted to it or who thinks you're a member of it, you're part of the collective that's going to change the world, then of course you're going to disagree with me and get upset. That's natural. That's fine. It doesn't change the fact that this is a joke. This is all a joke. It's a complete joke. These people are not a threat to anybody but themselves and some of their audience members if they're dumb enough to believe them. It's all a joke, man. Most of these people don't even read books. Seriously. You want to take on the world and you won't even read books? You're a fuck. You're a joke, man. A complete joke. They don't read books. They sit around ripping bongs, watching YouTube videos, getting triggered by people like me, some nobody in Brisbane, and they think they're going to take on the world, man. It's a joke. Yeah, good old Robbie J. Morris. That was good stuff. JJ says, they were awesome shows, JLB. Yeah, it's... it. Look... It was fun, wasn't it? It was fun back in the day. And and there was this um, group of people who were younger than the rest. So I was, we're talking sort of mid to late 20s at the time. Uh, I don't know how old Joven Trendmaker is, but I think he's probably around the same age, maybe a bit younger. The werewolf dude, he was younger again. I think he was like 20, man. He, he was very articulate and intelligent for his age. Like beyond, like we're talking three standard deviations beyond... Um, he was he was something else. I wonder what happened to him. I'd love to know. Uh, B.O. Smiley, uh, Rhinoceros, a whole bunch of these dudes, man. They're all late teens, twenties. They just had this young energy, which I which I also was part of as well. I was in my twenties as well at the time, and a lot younger and uh, more naive and full of energy. And yeah, it was really cool. And then of course, 
you had the older crew like Robbie J. Morris, like um, what's her name? Uh, you know the girl I'm talking. The older lady who has like the CGI character as her avatar, and she's nice. I should say by the way, she and I. Well, wasn't it we didn't get along? She just hated me because she thought I was a paid shill, blah 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 blah. But we had a chat maybe a year ago. It was cool. I had this chat with uh, with Truth Undenied, Josh, with that lady whose whose name escapes me, but I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, and a couple of the people. I was up late. It must have been two o'clock when I went to bed and they were in America so they must have stayed up all night and we just had this chat just having this laugh about the old days when this guy was an enemy and enemies and all the shit that was happening pardon my language all of the stuff that was going on in the background back then uh, you know funny times you know funny uh, funny times and and this technology the young people growing up now are just used to having like, I don't have my phone handy, but you, you know what a phone... You've got phones. That little phone that you have that is this absolute magic. You can talk to anyone, anytime. Even people my age, this was still kind of novel, still kind of new. Like all the Google Hangouts and stuff. Okay, we, would, we were all talking about the truth, but there was something still kind of new about this idea of like social groups online. And I guess the, the mystique of that won't won't happen again for the children coming through now because they won't know any different you know so even from uh from like a not a sociological but sort of looking at how technology affects people and and how it affects people on the single but also on the group level all of the stuff that was happening back in uh 2015 2016 it's it's interesting for me to look back and to see sort of how technology was affecting people and how people were using technology and you know it'll never be new again, will it? It's um it's here now, you know, Patreons and private Discord servers and it's all just normal now. But back then there was still something kind of uh, kind of new about it all, wasn't there? So yeah, good times, man, good times. Well, I mean, sometimes they were good, sometimes it was a complete joke, but whatever. Let's see, uh, carrying on, uh, Dan W. says, cheap people can't afford, and I think he's talking about my website. Yeah, look, how do I put this? Anything that I say about my website or my content, well, any smart person has every right to say, well, he's biased. He says that he's got the best skeptical work in the world, but he would say that it's his website, right? And that's that's a fair point to make. So there's no point in me sitting here and saying, oh, well, let me tell you all the ways that my material is superior to everything else. Like, what's the point? If you're interested, you'll go and look and you'll either see that there's a difference between what I'm doing and everybody else, literally everybody. Either you'll see that and you'll want to find out more, in which case $15 US, what's that? That's nothing. You'll check it out. Or more likely, you'll say, oh, this is just articles. This is just podcasts. This is just videos. There's lots of free versions of this why would I pay for this stuff? And, and you'll, you'll move on. Because we live in a time where there's unlimited information, unlimited blogs, articles, podcasts, videos, only people who have a certain discernment between the quality will, will want to be part of a website like mine. And, and for a lot of people, there will be no difference in quality. Like literally, it's just words on a screen. It's just sounds in a digital audio file. Do you know what I mean? So 
I, I have never suggested and I will never suggest that everybody should be a member of my website. Most people most people probably wouldn't get value out of it anyway. Even even though fifteen dollars is practically nothing, most of the subscribers on my YouTube channel probably still wouldn't get it wouldn't be worth maybe maybe as a one off just to see what's on the other side, but it wouldn't be worth staying on a long term basis anyway because all they want is just something to pass the time. And there's heaps of stuff that passes the time for free. So can you pass the time with my articles and videos? Yes, but why would you? You can just get free versions elsewhere. And so because this content online is mostly just a pastime for people, why would you pay anyone, me or anybody else? You wouldn't. But then there's a group of people where this isn't just a pastime. There's actually something that we're trying to achieve here. We're trying to work out, firstly, what do I believe that I have no evidence for? But secondly, how could I have believed it in the first place? Like, what happened that made me believe that kids died? Like, how could I have been fooled? What what did they do or say that led me to believe that, you know, so as to not make that mistake again? And how come when I see this and I put it on TV and, I like, I show my friends the, the lunar module, for instance, right? The lunar module made of cardboard, made of uh, aluminium foil, made of what look like the rods from brooms. How can I how come I can show this to people I care about and they can't see? It's like, yeah, but you can see that looks like aluminium foil. Doesn't look like aluminium foil. Looks like a spaceship. Look at the freaking funnels, man. That's a that's a that's a garden funnel. That they've no, it's, that's not a garden funnel. That's the thing that they use to steer it. Like we we're wondering what what the hell is going on with these creatures that we call humans that they can't see? We're trying to learn. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to share what I've learned. And so for those people who are seriously undertaking that activity, then some kind of discernment in quality is necessary. And that is where my website, there is nothing like it at all on the internet today. For just one example, you can find people saying that the pyramids are not as old as we're told they are. Most of the people who say that will tell you that they're significantly older. You'll only find a few people saying, no, no, they're less, they're less old. Among those people, you won't find any who've gone and traced back the primary sources for the books that we're given. So we're given these books in school to say, oh, well, we know what people were saying thousands of years ago. Apart from myself, nobody Literally not a single person in this entire scene, so far as we can tell, and I've searched, has taken the time to trace back through the sources. That is, to get the book, and by the way, how do you like that? Can you see that? Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton. We'll talk about that later. So say this is a book about, uh, for argument's sake, let's say Herodotus. Okay, Herodotus is meant to be the father of history, the first historian, according to official history. Not many people are going to take a history book about Herodotus and go to the back of the book to the references and find out what are your sources? How do we how do you know what Herodotus said? Oh, okay, that's the book that you got it from. Oh, okay, no worries. I'll go and get a copy of that book. Get a copy of that book, do the same thing. Check out the footnotes, okay. Do, 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 do. Find out the references. Because this is still clearly not a book that was written by Herodotus. So let's trace to find out how we know what Herodotus even said. 
So you get the next book. And so you follow this chain, right? almost like a chain of custody of information. How did what Herodotus said or wrote get to us? We've got the book in high school that says that he said something, but this book was published in 2010. They must have got the information from someone else. They got it from some book in 1950. Okay, go find that. They got their information from some book in 1850. I'll get a copy of that. No problems. We've got the internet. If you're willing to put in the time, you can do it. Go to the back of that book and you follow this process. And if you do that, which I have done and I've documented this, you'll find that it goes back a couple hundred years. And then the original sources don't cite a source. So the third-hand information that you're getting in your textbooks at school or on the History Channel, if you trace back the sources, doesn't go back more than a couple hundred years. Ancient history is a hoax. Yes, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, ancient Egypt, they're all hoaxes. I know that sounds crazy. That can't possibly be, JLB. If that were the case, it wouldn't just be you telling us. There'd be lots of other people. Yeah, that's what I would have thought as well. To this day, it amazes me. I can't explain to you. I've said this to the members of my website. I can't explain how it's possible that no one has worked this out apart from me. And then the program response is, oh, that's because you, you've lost your mind, mate. That's why you're the first one. You're the only one who's, who's crazy enough to, to believe that. And maybe that's the case. If that were the case, someone would have come along and disproved me by now. And they haven't. And they won't. Because what I'm saying is true. Ancient history is a hoax. And that will mean nothing to you if you're an Epsi, which most of the people subscribed to my YouTube channel, they are, they're Epsi. So just like normies. This means nothing to them. It'll never mean anything to them. They're busy leading their lives. If they're good, productive normies, they're working jobs, paying off car loans, house loans, credit card debt from travel, uh, buying their alcohol on weekends, watching their sports ball, paying for the kids' uniforms. They're, they're busy. That's what they, they don't care about any of this stuff. And then, and then if you've got the conspiratards who are usually unemployed or underemployed, bonging on, um, substance abusing, addicted, won't admit it to themselves, completely hopeless victim mentalities, they don't want to find out that history is a hoax because they believe in ancient aliens and they believe that the pyramids were built on ley lines that have orgone energy or just the most ridiculous shit. So they definitely don't want to find out that what I'm saying is true. So they'll never double check it. So the only people who will double check what I'm saying are the members of my own site. And fortunately, several of them have taken the time to document what they've found as well. They've gone to either to try and disprove me, hopefully, or to see if there's any validity to what I'm saying. And they come back and they say, here is the character from ancient history, or here's the event from ancient history that I did this for, JLB. I found the uh, story, the official story. I found out the sources for the story. I found the sources for the story and checked those sources. I traced it back, and you're right. It doesn't go back more than a couple of hundred years. And I'm like, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. History is a hoax. And some guy in Brisbane was the first. I should be careful. I suspect other people may have discovered this before me. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident by inference that there's a small group of people who know all of this. But they don't make videos about it. They don't make podcasts about it. They don't write articles about it. 
And it might be because they know that the leaning masses, the conspiratards, the normies, the regular people, the epsilons, the epsies, they don't want to know this. This isn't going to help them. So why waste time? It's like trying to teach English. It's like trying to teach the English alphabet to a dog. What's the point? Leave the dog alone. You're wasting your time. I suspect that might be the case. So when I say I'm the first person to discover this, what I mean is I'm the first person in this scene of researchers who don't even read books. What a what a joke of researchers. I'm the first one to say, let's research history. Let's let's just trace the sources. And if you do that, ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, ancient Greece, hoaxes. Oh, but JLB, they've got the Sphinx. They've got the pyramids. Those aren't hoaxes. No, you're right. Those aren't hoaxes. How old do you think those are? They're thousands of years old. Ah, thousands of years, are they? Okay, cool. Why do you say that? Oh, because everyone knows. Yeah, I know that everyone knows that. I'm asking, why do you believe it? And so you see, we come to the first problem. Most humans have no evidence for most of their abstract beliefs, okay? They've got evidence that they drive a Toyota Corolla, okay? They've got the keys. They're the ones who took out the loan, okay? So for their direct day-to-day life, they've got evidence for their beliefs. But their abstract beliefs about who we are, where we are, what time it is, all these kinds of things, no evidence whatsoever. All they have is consensus with their other normies. They all went to the same schools. They all watch the same so-called history channel. So there's a conformity of belief. And so the, the very fact that all the other humans believe something, that for them is proof that it's real. They don't realize it. That's not a conscious thought that's happening. You have to study the human condition to understand that this is what's happening. But this is what's happening. They believe, and many of you who are watching this right now, you believe that the pyramids are thousands of years old. And you don't have a shred of evidence for that. The best you'll be able to do is post-facto find uh, claims, authority claims, to confirm your preconceived notions. So right now, you can jump onto Google, type in how old are the pyramids, and the first link that you find to any so-called expert that says thousands of years, you'll be like, oh, see, I showed JLP. says right here, uh, Oxford professor says thousands of years. Huh. And that, that'll be enough for you because you're an epsilon. You can't think for yourself. And in most cases, you'll never think for yourself. And that's totally cool. You don't need to think for yourself. You're probably happy enough believing that the pyramids are thousands of years old. But there's a small group of us who say, well, maybe they're thousands of years old, but what's our evidence? And it turns out there isn't any. In fact, the first documented sightings of the pyramids and of the Sphinx are only a couple hundred years old as well. How about that? Oh, but we know that they were built by slaves hauling uh, these blocks, you know, big distances that we couldn't even do today. Yeah, I know... All of your stories, I know the stories, trust me. I used to believe some of them myself. What I'm talking about is evidence, and there is none for these stories. There's none whatsoever. The only documented evidence about the pyramids or the Sphinx go back a couple hundred years, which, oddly enough, is the same timeline that we have for the stories about these ancient civilizations. This all goes somewhere, but it goes to a place that most of you... Not because there's anything wrong with you, but because of the way that you have been produced. And you have been produced, as have I, as have we all. The way that you've been produced means that you can never think about these things without getting triggered, without getting angry, and without shooting the messenger. This is the fact of the matter. So, 
Uh, it's about a quarter past midnight. I might do another 15 minutes. Uh, anyone who wants to join me on the show, uh, send me a message on Skype and I'll add you via Skype. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, that's cool as well because uh, it is getting late. So uh, let's carry on then. Uh, what have we got? 30 people watching live? That's the way. Fantastic. Nostalgic, says Gully Squad. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to get nostalgic for... You know, there's something about the energy of youth and the night. I mean, I'm still pretty young, like relatively, so I'm not I'm not trying to pretend I'm some old dude, but even, you know, 26 verse 31, there is a difference. And it's not just the age, it's what you know. So there were so many things I didn't know back then that I know now. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to look back at a time when you were, like you really thought that the so-called truth movement might... Uh, might like you actually thought the other people in there were good people you know what i mean like even even just that i'm nostalgic for that feeling that feeling of oh yeah all these people who know that boston is a hoax they're like me like it's it's nice to think that but no most of them are not like me at all most of them are victim mentality losers who are like cats to water when it comes to books too busy to read books and it, it's not that they don't want to read books. It's it's that they actually can't. They no longer have the attention span to sit there with a book and read. And in many ways, it's not their fault because, you know, look at look at how much flashing lights we have in entertainment and, and this kind of thing. So it's, it's the same as the fat man who wants to get fit. He does want to. He's too busy to exercise, which is his rationalization for his behavior. But, like, he does want to exercise. He just... He can't. So it is with these people who think they're smart but can't read books. Same thing. Uh, let's see. Twitwit says, I always felt like Lester was a woman. I I don't know if Lester was male or female. and And so I've, for a long time said he or she like generally if i have to defer to one gender pronoun i'll go with male and if i had to guess if there was a million dollars on the line if i had to guess i would probably guess male but i remember early on i actually thought lester was a female as well and um yeah it's interesting that you say that there is another theory about Lester, one that I have only shared with members of my website and which I won't go into right now because we don't have time. But um, yeah, Lester, what a character. All right, so carrying on then. Uh, Twitwit says that Jeff C had major issues with JLP. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and grab a glass of water. I'm going to put on for you guys a video that Jeff C made. And if he wants to try and copyright strike me, well, get stuffed, Jeffrey, because you deleted your video. If I could just play it from your channel, I would, but... Oh, that's right. They they deleted all of your channels because you're, you're spreading the truth. You're a real threat to, this, to the establishment. Give me a break. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a, a clip from a video that I found today on my hard drive. I don't even want to spoil it for you guys. So hold on tight. Don't let me forget. Some people in the live chat getting triggered about my comments about books. Oh, how dare he say... That if I don't read books, I'm an epsilon. I am very busy. Uh, ripping bongs and watching videos. Yeah, I know you're busy. Listen, 
don't take what I'm saying as an attack on you as a person. I don't know you as a person. You could be a very good person. You could be the kind of person who goes and spends a few hours every week with your grandparents because you know that at their age they love company and they just want to have younger people around and, and you know that they're lonely in their retirement village so you go and do the right thing and spend time with them, right? And you could be a good person. Or you could be a person who helps younger children, like say children who uh, don't have a, a male uh, role model to look up to. You might go and coach the local sports team or something you know, to try and help younger people with no role model or with not very good role models to see that you can take care of your body and be happy and healthy and that kind of thing, right? You could be a good person for all I know. I don't know. Only you can make that assessment. Generally, people only get triggered by what I'm saying when deep down they know they're not a good person and it's all a facade and their whole life is a facade and they're basically putting on an act every day because their life is a complete joke and they know it and they're the ones who get triggered by what I'm saying generally speaking, is my experience. But if you know you're a good person, why the hell would you care what I have to say about anything? I'm not even saying you're a bad person. I'm not even saying I'm a good person. I'm not. I'm just a person, you know, who, had I known where this would all lead four years ago, <laughs> I mean, this this has just been... I still can't believe it. Sometimes I wake up and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? How, how did it... How is this, you know, it's, I can't explain it. So, so yeah, who am I to say that I'm a good person and you're a bad person? I don't even believe in those kind of distinctions. It's, it's just, there are claims and there are actions. There are ideas and there's evidence. There's logic and there's thought. There's these, there's these abstract concepts as well as the physical reality. If you want to say that there is good and bad, and you have come up with a model that suits you, and you think you're a good person, great. That's fantastic. That's. I'm not trying to take that away from you. Carrying on then. I, I forgot how fun this is. I can see why this would be so addictive to sit here and just read out live comments. Sorry about the dead air, guys. Let's see. I used to put so much effort into my production values for these live shows, and it's like, yeah, the, my heart was in the right place, but I didn't quite appreciate who most of the audience was. Of course, there are some good people in the audience, make no mistake, okay? Within the act realm, there is a small percentage of people who do value thinking, who do truly want to improve themselves, who don't see themselves as victims or who don't want to, see themselves as victims, and people who will in a year, in two years, there'll be metrics that show that they're better off. They'll be fitter, stronger, healthier, happier. They'll have more money in the bank. They'll be better to the people around them, whatever. They'll actually be better people. There is those people. And I, I always assume that there's a few of them, any content that I make, even though I know that most of the people who see it are epsilons, I also like to imagine, and I think I do have some evidence that there are also some who see it who, even if they don't agree with everything I'm saying, even if there's some major things they disagree on, they can see the value in what I'm trying to say. Like they can understand that I'm coming from... Like they understand that even if some of what I say is triggering, that's not the plan. Okay, If I wanted to trigger people, there's, a, there's a much easier ways to do it. What I'm doing is I think... Um, I think some people will get something from it, you know, and I know that there are some people who see this stuff who they, they're in that 
small proportion. Sadly, most of them don't realize they're in the small proportion. They, The good people who are here generally assume that the other people who are, who are here are good as well, but they're not. And that's the that's one of the real black pills, is realizing that suppose you're in a live show and 500 people are watching and everyone's saying that Boston bombings was a hoax. And you think, yeah, there's 500 people who are like me, but no, most of them... If you are a person who is about truly improving your existence, like taking responsibility for yourself, no, you're not among 500. You're actually among probably closer to 460, 470, maybe 480 people who are the opposite of you. And and they'll attack you the moment that you start speaking the real truth. The moment. Like, like that. They won't even give you any leeway. They won't even ask questions. It'll be straight to... You're on the dark side. You're a paid shill. You know, whatever. So, carrying on then. Someone talking about James Bond. There are some people who believe that I might be a secret agent. Uh, Why don't we have some fun here, guys? Why don't I see if I can get something going here? Hmm. How about... Let me think, let me think, let me think. <laughs> when was that? March. Yeah, so five months ago. Almost six months ago last time I did something like this. Let's see, let's see. Why don't we go to search function? How about we go to John Lebon? You see, guys, by amazing coincidence, somebody started writing a children's book shortly after I began uh, broadcasting and uh, publishing material. And uh, the title character of this book is none other than John Le Bon. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. Why don't we go and take a look at that right now? Agent John Le Bon. Secret agent man. Secret agent man. Hold on a second. What is going on here? Super agent John LeBon. What on earth is this? Super agent John LeBon. The brain of the apocalypse. Well, this is very peculiar, isn't it? What on earth is going on here? Well, the first thing we should do is find out what is an apocalypse. Let's go to our friends here at Google. And they say that apocalypse, the etymology, comes from Greek. Apo means un. Kalyptine means cover. So uncover. Apocalyptine, uncover. Apocalypsis, apocalypse. Old English via French and Ecclesiastical Latin from Greek. It means uncover. Oh, that's interesting. So, apocalypse really just has the same meaning as uncover or revelation. So, super agent John Le Bon is the brain of the uncovering of the truth of the revelation. Well, that's very interesting, isn't it? Because when we think of brains, we think of intelligence. We think of smart people. So it would seem that Super Agent John LeBon, in his debut issue of this alleged children's book, is the brain 
Hey, what are the odds of that, guys? What are the odds of that? Super Agent John LeBon. Goodness gracious me. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, let's get back on with the show, shall we? Where were we? Let's go to the uh, live chat. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to round out the show. Uh, send through questions right now. I'll spend the last 10 minutes trying to answer questions. If, if they seem genuine, serious questions, I will try my best to answer them, and we'll wrap the show up in uh, 10 or 15 minutes. How's that sound? Uh, let's see. Let's uh, scroll through the comments. <laughs> the Rockno is in the live chat. He's uh, a fellow from Sydney or Melbourne. Maybe Melbourne, then Sydney. But, um, yeah, back in the day, we used to get along. He was on my uh, Sunday sessions show back in the day. So that was 2015 as well. Again, 2015, what a year, hey? What a year. And I think these days, I could be wrong, Rock, no, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think these days maybe you're one of those people who thinks that the baby hoaxes are a really big deal. So if JLB says that they're just baby hoaxes, then he's a bad guy. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I think that is... That is, uh, you're one of those people who sees things that way, and that's you're entitled to that. That's cool. That's cool. Whatever. Doesn't make any difference, really, at the end of the day. Um... I actually think the the act realm, especially the YouTube truth component of it, I think it's devolved. I think it's... But see, that's the thing. Has it gotten significantly worse, which it seems to have? Or is it just... Like, was it always this bad? This is a question I've had go through my mind a few times. It's like, I can read the live comments now and... hey. Nate, pardon me, Nate's in the live chat, so uh, good to see you there, Nate. Um, so there's a couple of people in the live chat who I have seen evidence that, um, that they can think for themselves, they do think for themselves, they take responsibility for themselves, but reading through some of the comments here, yeah, you think to yourself, was it always this bad? And then the answer... The answer in my mind is, yeah, probably. Just you didn't, just probably didn't notice it, man. Probably, I didn't want to see it. When I first got into this scene, I didn't want to see just how bad most, most of it is. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I'll give an example. Not to pick on anybody, but say the Rockno has left a comment saying, I don't watch yours either. I think he's, I think he means I don't watch your videos either, but it's like, uh, Rock, no, you're clearly watching my video right now. So that's like, this is an example. This is a typical example of the kind of mindsets that we're dealing with. They will say things that are blatantly untrue. It's it. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know what to say. Anyway, so Nate asks, how old is the earth? Couldn't tell you, Nate. I wish I could. I would love to know. It'd be interesting to know, wouldn't it? 
how uh, how all of this started. But uh, I don't, I don't know. It is a mystery to me, my good man. It is a mystery, and that is what has happened. The more I've learnt, the more deprogramming I've done. The more of a mystery all of this has become. I mean, I'm at the point now where just every day is a mystery. It's like, what the hell is going on here? It, it is just uh, phenomenal. When you think you've got answers, you don't think about these things. If you think you live on a giant spinning ball going around the sun, and the sun is made of hydrogen and helium, going through a process of um, nuclear fusion, then you've got all the answers you need. You don't think about this stuff. But when those answers disappear, as they will, if you practice skepticism, suddenly you're left just wondering, what the hell is the sun? You know, I stand in the sun for 20 minutes, I feel good. If I don't get any sun for a few days, I, f- I feel I feel like I'm missing something, because I am. Because the sun is giving me some kind of energy, some kind of vitality, almost like nutrients or sustenance. How is this possible? And I will never, I will probably never get to know. I will never get to find out what is the sun how does it work? How did it get there? Why the hell am I here? What the hell is this earth? I won't get to find out, you know. I won't get to find out. Maybe, though, if I ripped enough bongs, if I just started bonging on every day for a few years, I could deaden my brain enough to believe that some YouTube truther knows the answers. Oh, the earth is flat. NASA's lying. And, uh, you know, maybe. I mean... I don't know how many bongs you'd have to rip to get that stupid, but I think if you ripped enough bongs, you could just completely just separate from any true critical thinking capacity and then just believe what the hell any idiot flat earther tells you, you know? Seems uh, like there's ample evidence that that's exactly what's happening every day all over the earth. So carrying on then, let's have a look here. Is Dave J, listen, Dave J, man, if you want to join me for the last 10 or 15 minutes of this call, I think it'd be fantastic. Do you still have a Google Hangout? Um, how about Skype? I'm pretty sure I can get Skype callers into this call through OBS. So just add me on Skype. It is John P. Bono, spelt my way, not the super agent way, J-O-H-N-P Bono. So J-O-H-N-P Bono on Skype. Add me on Skype. We'll get you on the call for the last 10 minutes because, of course, Dave J is going to be the special guest for the Members Discord call next week. So on Saturday night, which will be Sunday morning Australia time, Saturday night America time next weekend, Dave J will be the special guest. And uh, it's funny that Dave J is one of the few people who talks about the history hoax. All of these researchers who know the truth who still believe that ancient Egypt is thousands of years old whereas Dave J was saying years ago the pyramids not thousands of years old the sphinx not thousands of years old right ancient history hoax yeah Dave J also says 9-11 nobody died nobody got hurt I happen to agree with him and if you want to try to convince people that other humans are dead then you are bearing witness to, in that case, for 9-11 or any of these events where supposedly the government did it, then you are bearing witness to murder, which is a serious thing. So you'd want to have evidence that that murder was real. If you don't, if you're bearing 
false witness to murder, then what are you doing? Have you actually sat down and thought about what you're doing? When you're arguing that someone has committed murder, that someone has died, and no one has died, no one's gotten hurt, then what are you doing? Are you, are you just telling lies or are you just spreading lies that you believe to be real? Or are you doing something a little bit more significant than that? Hmm? I would say that you're doing something a little bit more significant than that when you bear false witness to murder. So if you're going to say that somebody died or got hurt on 9-11, I would suggest you would want to make sure you've got actual evidence, not just CNN news stories. That'd be my suggestion. I think Dave would agree with me. So let's uh, see. Any good questions coming through in the live chat? There's 40 people watching, so... Let's find out. Nate says that he's uh, back on the road. Well, best of luck with that, Nate. I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Let's have a look. So there's this theory that... So, you know, look, I don't really play video games, but I think all of us are familiar enough with, say, um, mass multiplayer role-playing games, right? MMRPGs, whatever they call them where you're operating a character and you're going around a world and there's other characters. And we're all, we can all imagine this idea of you might play some games where there are other humans who are playing characters, but some of the characters are just computer bots. Okay, so if you interact with the bots enough, you'll identify this is just a bot. But the humans generally, you can tell they're humans. Even if they don't have a human demarcation, there are certain traits of humans that we can tell. That's a human. What if in this world that we live in, this real world that we live in, I mean, what is it that leads us to assume that all of the humans are all the same? What is that? Like, why do we assume that? Well, I'm a human and he's a human. We're both homo sapiens. We're the same inherent kind of creature. We both think. We're both thinking. We're more intelligent than the animals, you see. That's why we're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I used to believe that too. Have you ever spent any time in your own mind challenging that notion that all humans are inherently the same? Because if you do take time to seriously study the modern human condition and study yourself and where you've gone wrong and what you've been wrong about and all the stuff that you've believed that wasn't real and your process to try and get rid of these silly beliefs and this kind of thing. If you go down that process for long enough and study things objectively, that is without passion, without, oh, I love these humans, so I want to think the best of them, just get rid of the rose-colored glasses and observe their behavior. You might find yourself wondering just how much evidence you have to support the preconceived notion that all of these creatures are fundamentally the same in some inherent way. You might find yourself questioning that. Just read my live chat. You'll, If you're reading that assuming that these are intelligent creatures posting these comments, then that's what you'll see. But if you just study it objectively, I could... Look... You don't have to know much about computer programming to be able to program bots that say this kind of stuff. Now, am I saying that these people are bots? No. I'm saying they easily could be. And once you understand the significance of that, 
the bot-like behavior of the humans, it, once that clicks in your mind, things change. Things change. Look at it. What a time to be alive, my friends. What a time to be alive. Alrighty. Let's see. Cat Earth is justifying their weed addiction. You don't have to justify it to me, man. If you're comfortable with that, that's cool. I'm not justifying to you the fact that I have a coffee almost every day. You could very easily say, what? A coffee every day? You know, it's like, well, yeah, I'm not justifying it to you because I'm comfortable with the coffee. So if you're comfortable with your weed use, you don't have to justify it to me. Now, let me see if I can get my friend Dave J onto the call. This might take me 30 seconds, so please bear with me because I'm using OBS and I'm still learning still learning how to use it. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and call Dave J. I need you guys to tell me if you can hear the conversation. If you can hear my conversation with Dave J, we'll have a chat. If you can't hear him, I'll try and tweak the system. If that doesn't work... Not a big problem because I'll be speaking with Dave J on the member Discord call in a week's time. But I think this should work. I have done this before in the past. I think this should work. Let's try and give Dave J a call. Dave J, you there, man? Hey, I'm here. How you cool. doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. Now, what we have to do is just wait a few seconds to see if the... Uh, audience can hear this because if they can't I just have to tweak the system so they'll tell us if they can hear you or not let's have a look it'll just take a few seconds so obviously in the live chat uh, if you can hear my voice and not Dave's we've got a problem but if you can hear Dave's voice then we are in business hello how you doing yeah I'm good man I'm, I'm good I'm looking forward to the call next week by the way should be good Oh, yeah, me too. I am as well. I just have to go ahead and close this. Uh, we can hear each other right now in the room. Yeah, I can hear you, and apparently they can hear you as well. So this is fantastic. So let me just fix okay, up my great. little... Uh... So Dave, um, look, some of the people listening to this, they're familiar with your work. But if you had to explain to them, say in a couple of minutes, the main things that you've learned that you're trying to share with others. Like in a couple of minutes, what are the main... Like, what's your main message, the main idea you want to try and share with, with people who are willing to listen, right? Forget the people who won't listen. You and I both know, hopeless. But if someone was willing to listen, what would you try and share with them? Um, yeah, I guess that you're just looking at more so the the understanding of the, the wavelength and the uh, importance of words, tones and tunes, meaning that it goes back to what you were saying about the, the history hoax. When you hear things, especially in school, you take that in as being a truth without actually verifying the facts of the matter. And so then words have a power, right? And and so then I guess my, my biggest uh, or what I'd like people to get to is just the understanding of uh, their mouth and then the power that it has. So then the words that they speak out and, you know, even in text, they're going to go out and they're going to affect another person's mind. Uh, 
So then if they take the time to understand that what you've been shown is history, particularly, you know, Egypt and all these other uh, hoaxes, and they've been really built as a, a, a carnival for the masses, especially Egypt itself. If you remember back in the uh, um, in the seventies, the pyramid power came back, and and that was a that kind of tied in with the, uh, the the power of so-called Egypt, and then that was just a um, kind of a they were trying to rebirth the what I call the uh, the eighteen hundreds renaissance of that time period. And anyways, it was just really used as a, a control method to bring people into uh, false spirituality, which is kind of uh, leads into uh, extreme individualism, which kind of takes people away from a, a common good or a common kind of a caring collective for each other. It kind of makes people uh, more selfish, that type of thing. So it's it's quite an extensive understanding, but when you speak about the hoaxes in general, they're just hoaxes that bring people into a state of fear and mourning, right? So then all these hoaxes that talk about, you know, they report death, it brings people into a state, and, and I'm, I'm talking a mental state of mourning. It brings them down into a, a pit of despair. I mean, oh, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to handle this? And it, and it brings people into a, a kind of a, a self-imprisonment that they actually look and they seek for ways to have their, their, their lives curtailed, their freedoms curtailed. And they actually ask for this stuff to happen because they didn't take the time to look at the stories they were told to find out that they were, in fact, being lied to, right? And that the world is actually a pretty nice place to live in if you just take the time to observe it for what you can actually prove with your own observation. That makes sense. So you got into YouTube a little while ago and uh, you've been trying to say to people, look, if you go and search for yourself, you'll find, right? That's the idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I, even, even if I had all the truth, which obviously I don't yet and maybe never will, but even if I did, how can I give that to someone? They're going to have to do the work. And I heard you say this to... I'm not sure if look. I'm not sure which person it was on Fakeologist, but mm. not so long ago on Fakeologist, you said to someone, "Look, you haven't done the work, right? You haven't done the work, and it is work. It takes effort and time to go and look into this properly. Okay, anyone can sit there and rip bongs and watch videos. That's not work. That's not work. And so, what you've tried to encourage people to do, and what I've tried to encourage them to do, is just go and do the work. Okay." It, that's all you have to do. And if you won't do that, then you don't deserve... This is Now, I'm not speaking for you, Dave J. Give me your opinion. I'm saying, if somebody won't do the work, then they don't deserve the truth. Who promises them the truth? Why is that a guarantee? Well, yeah. If, well, if you don't do the work, you're just going to be sub, you know, subject to those that you allow to influence your mind. So if you then choose your – I call them you know, people who sit on rocks, and I, I equate them to people who sit on the, the metaphysical rock. On, it's on YouTube, but they, they're sitting on rocks, and, they, and they're just speaking, and, and, and people gather around them, and they portray themselves as teachers. And so people will gather teachers around them that they like the, the tone of their voice. They like what they're hearing from them, and they will accept that as being uh, truth, and they'll – They'll say, and and I guess their defense will say will be, well, I don't believe everything he says, but you know, some stuff he says is really right on, 
and you know, you've probably heard that before. So then uh, it's it's what I told the guy yesterday. I was talking to him about uh, specific, you know, something he was talking about. And I said, you know, you're looking at your computer screen. And I asked him if he had a window in the room. And he said, yeah, I have a window. It's behind me. I said, okay. I said, take time to look out that window and observe and 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 look and actually see what's actually uh, in reality. I said, that's where your truth is going to lie, not at your computer screen. And he said, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> right? So it's like, how do you then even start a conversation with somebody who, who won't even look outside their window? Yeah, they won't even yeah. look with their own eyes. And we've right. all been born with two eyes. And uh, most of us still can use those eyes and read. And it staggers me. A lot of people, they won't even take the time to read. But... I say it staggers me, but at the same time, I try and understand, well, we're creatures of habit. And if our habit is go to work, come home, feel tired, um, drink a few bottles of beer or rip a couple of bongs to take the edge off, put the TV or the computer on and go through the cycle, to break out of that cycle into a cycle of reading and thinking and and genuinely trying to um, create our own thoughts, it's going to be difficult. For most people. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. When I started in YouTube, it was in 2009, and YouTube was a different environment back then. And then it's gone through different iterations, you know, since then. And of course, I've covered all different kinds of topics. And what uh, the where I found myself getting a little bit too close to uh, being annoyed with the whole thing is when I got too involved with the the daily hoax chatter. Is it can kind of it can lead you down a, a path of despair, even if you're out there trying to tell people that they're hoaxes. You just get bombarded with with those that don't want to listen to you, and so then it kind of becomes you know uh, the energy is is negative in both directions. So then I went to, um, of course, the Philippines for for a year, and I did uh, what's called missionary work, but it has nothing to do with church or religion. It just has to do with you know, money that I made over my life and, and, and putting it out there to, to better other people's lives. I mean, generational, you know, embetterment, meaning that, that people will have a, a generational business to pass down to their children. So the, the, the poverty, you know, cycle is broken, at least in, in, in my small, you know, donation into that. And that's what I did. And that was more fulfilling. And then coming back, I noticed that basically uh, there's not much movement forward, you know, as far as what people have learned. And it's still basically the same conversations and the same waste of time. It really is like when when you said earlier that you you have two eyes, I, what I, I tell people is to then take the time to, to understand how your eyes actually work. Not only how they work, but look at the shape of them. Look at the design of your eyes and then understand how your eyes accept the light that that enters into them and how it's processed and then have you taken the time to to even decode that because if you don't understand how your eyes work then it's hard to understand what your eyes see so then you have to really it's really starting at a reintroduction to yourself understanding how how you function as a as a person as a being and understand how your your body can accept you know textural input with your fingers and touch and senses and it's really getting to know that first and then how that interacts with the uh, exterior world well you and i are interacting with an exterior world 
And I talk yeah. about the difference between objective reality and subjective reality. And I think a lot of people still don't even understand the difference between the two. I know that you do. I want to ask you, Dave J, when did you first see the film Jurassic Park? Do you remember when you first saw it? Mm. Have you seen I'm assuming it, you've seen it. Yeah, it would have been a, probably a year or two after it was released, I'm guessing. Sometime around the you know that that time period whenever that was yeah well i saw it as a child i was a impressionable little child sitting in a big theater with uh, uh -huh. the dolby surround sound you know like the like you can see how a kid just yeah. gets swept up in this stuff and these days i'm at the point where again this isn't about if people are good or bad or if i like them or not this is just about reality if I'm around a grown adult and they start talking about dinosaurs or I overhear them talking about dinosaurs as though they're real. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, dinosaurs are a hoax, man, of course. But I think our age difference kind of is going to show here because I was – what year did Jurassic Park come out? 93, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. I was already in the Navy for you know six years at that time. Yeah. So I, I was already around and, and I wasn't – you know, of the of the same same age group, so that's going to tell you, kind of our perspective is going to be a bit different. Well, there. I went through. I, sorry to interrupt. You, I was going through my old hard drives today, and I had to rearrange a few files, and I forgot that a couple of years ago I downloaded a whole ton of dinosaur films. So not just the ones that we've all heard of, but I mean other ones that other people have probably heard of, but I just hadn't seen, such as Where Back, which was another children's cartoon, uh, Walking hmm. with Dinosaurs. The Raptor, all these films I hadn't seen. And so I was just quickly checking each file to make sure it still worked. And, right. uh, and so I was seeing a couple minutes of each of these films and I'm looking at these dinosaurs, whether it's a cartoon or CGI or mechatronic, it doesn't matter. To me, it's a joke. It's actually a, a complete joke on the idiot masses that they can't tell that this is a physically impossible creature. Yeah, it's it's... It's not only that. I, I remember going to the L.A. Um, Los Angeles uh, History Museum, and they had uh, a display. And this was when I was a kid, so this would have been in the uh, '70s. And I'm looking at this thing, <laughs> and I quite literally was uh, chuckling to myself because I said, "That's ridiculous." That's the first word that it came into my head. But I'm looking around, and everybody's taking pictures. At the time, they were like using Polaroids, <laughs> and you know, and and cameras like that to take these pictures and you could even get your picture taken with a brontosaurus they called it and and they um what did they, they oh and then there, there was a big to do there was a big to do with the brontosaurus and they said no 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 that's all wrong it's supposed to be an allosaurus so you see how they make these big arguments within something that doesn't exist anyway i've seen it's, that it's exact same stuff. argument the brontosaurus <laughs> allosaurus like all right. the x I remember one time I read an article. It was like, "Oh no, the experts now agree," and it's like, "So, so how is this happening? Like, what? There's different factions of experts, and one group has won out this year. Like, finally, the Allosaurus faction has won, and they've got the majority say. Like, well, this creature that existed 70 million years ago, the experts today have finally won the day. It was a, it was a different species. It was a completely different species. <laughs> yeah, no, the um, yeah, the thing about that whole thing is, I um. Oh, and right next to that display, they they lead you from one hoax into the next hoax because the next little um, 
diorama that was set up was these <laughs> like these human mannequins wearing you know skins and then of course they were you know had a little fake fire and it's it supposed to be cavemen and that i always knew was a hoax i i, I said you know i i looked at where we were as far as technology goes and, and what we had, we had cars and we had this and that and the other thing. We didn't actually have home PCs at the time, not so much. You had to be – they cost a lot of money uh, and then really people only in the business kind of had one at their house. But we had uh, – we were just getting into the beeper and, and down the road the, the cell phone would have came out. But we did have you know the telephone at the time and things like that. But you look at this stuff and you say, okay, so then – for several hundred years, you know, nothing happened. They were riding around on horses and this, that, and all of a sudden, all this, this, this extreme progress happened. And that led me into looking into time and the progression of time and understanding that these millions of years um, had, to re- had to be reduced to hundreds of thousands and then hundreds of thousands had to be reduced to thousands, right? So now I'm at the point of... of kind of time as we know it and, and time that we've been around as being in, in, in the in a in the thousands area. No more than that. And that's something we can talk about later, but it's something I'm working on now on getting a better understanding of the active uh, or actual calendar, being that that's been messed with so much. But do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. And time is uh, – it's – it's an interesting one because on the one hand, I'm convinced that history as we know it is a complete hoax. But yes. of course, that's the practical sort of um, physical reality time. Like I can show you the books that lead to the books that lead to nowhere, right? So I can show you right. the, the chain of, uh, of information that leads nowhere. But time is also this concept that we have about how the world works, like it's linear. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's time is linear. There was a time before, and we're going to a time in the future, and time is like a fourth dimension, and this kind of crap. Mm-hmm. And they hit you with this stuff when you're young, you know. Like um, right. Einstein was this great genius who discovered that the way that um, reality works is that gravity bends time. All this kind of shit. Basically, right. pardon my language. They're basically destroying our conception of of what it is to exist from the time that we're little children. So even for me trying to remedy that, like self-remedy this misconception that I had of time, it's an ongoing process. You know, once you get trapped in that idea of time as being a linear thing, it might be almost impossible to actually break free from that. And and they trap us all very young with that kind of stuff. Yeah, you you recall I did a video on the... Uh the Egyptian pyramid hoax and I put a time frame on it and the reason I came up with a time frame is because they uh, they introduced characters over time and one of those characters was was Napoleon and his time in so-called Egypt right or the French so I just took it as the French and I went back to some of the uh, the the actual text you know the actual the books or, uh, of this so-called expedition and it stated that it was an army of engineers, artists, and um, there was one other delineation of person. So it was. So what what history will tell you is that an army shows up, but then what what the if you read the actual uh, book on it or the source of it, it's an army of engineers, artists, everything you need to create in a, a, a you know a, a amusement park is what I call it. 
So that that so if you keep reading, you know there are some clues still left there, if 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 you take the time to find them. And so because I was looking for proof that this was just nothing more than a a, a building expedition, and I don't I can't even tell you the, the the actual names of the of the actual people who did it. However, I found it interesting that it was being listed as an army of engineers and artists, right? And that would be what you need to create a. Um, what I call the, uh, an amusement park on the Gaza. Yeah, and who was it that didn't... Hold on. Uh, someone didn't like your idea of the amusement park. Okay, so on my website, there's there's about 50 people there, and I didn't realize until recently that a lot of them... How do I put this? A lot, Half of them joined in the last eight or nine months. All of my work on the history hoax was last year. I released several articles, several videos about showing how I take a book, an official history book, and just trace the sources. Anyone can do this if you just put the time in, right? And you'll, you'll, you'll hit a brick wall. You'll hit a wireframe mesh. There's nothing beyond a couple hundred years, right? right. But, I, but I did all of that work last year. And so a lot of the members of the site won't... Like a lot of people don't go back through the back catalog. They don't sign up and then go back through everything. They just sort of pick a few things they like and, and then just listen to stuff as you release it. Do you know what I mean? They don't go through everything yeah. in the archives. So I've only really realized recently that there's quite a few members on my website who they don't realize some of my views about Flat Earth and especially the Flat Earth charlatans who run that whole show. They don't understand my opinions about history being a hoax. They don't understand that I believe that heat-seeking missiles are a hoax. So there's a few things right. they, don't, they don't realize that this is part of, of what I do, just challenging... If it's on the TV and we've never seen it with our eyes, why not look into it further, you know? And, and one of them said that, because he, he still believed in ancient Egypt, and he left a comment maybe a week or two ago, and what he said was, he like this idea that ancient Egypt is an amusement park, like that he, <laughs> that he found hard to uh, to get his head around. But, but essentially, that's kind of what you're saying. It's what I'm saying. That's yep. what ancient Egypt is. It's a tourist attraction. And as someone who has been out to see the dinosaurs, man, I can tell you the the capital of dinosaurs in Australia, it's a place called Winton. That's what uh-huh. it is. It is a tourist attraction. And, and not only that, but having gone out to see it myself, me personally, I don't even judge them for it. It's a small little country town. They've got nothing else going on there. They're losing jobs. Families are moving away. They're in big trouble. So they've got it. They, they discovered some dinosaurs, and now they're making money from from dinosaur tourism. Who am I to judge them for doing that? Do you know what I mean? But once you go and see it with your own eyes, mm-hmm. and you've got eyes to see, and you analyze it objectively, it's clearly a joke, right? Like, yeah, what, what's what's the guy? You 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 even have um, uh, religious trolls. It's, it, that's the best thing I can call them. That uh, guy named Kent Hovland. I I want to say that's his name. Yeah, and he Kent has a Hovland. place called yeah, yeah. he has a place called Dinosaur Land or Dino Land, something like that. And that, like I say, th- this guy's um, in- entire life is built around this 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 fraud that he believed in. And unfortunately, then he passes that fraud on to to other people. So he's not going to be talked out of that anytime soon because that's a business he's he's built up i mean you would have to shutter the place and then give refunds you know yeah because it's all a big it's all a big fraud yeah absolutely right. let me ask you dave we, we've got plenty of time to talk uh, next week and 
yeah. a few of the members of the website, they're looking forward to chatting with you. And a lot of All them right. don't know, they don't really know a lot about your background. A lot of the members of my site only really got here in the last couple of years. So oh, yeah. like compared to them, I'm a veteran. Compared to me, you're a veteran. You were here for years before I was. So a lot of the stuff that happened in the past they won't know much about, but a few of the listeners of this particular show do. So can you give us your take on what was happening back in 2015? So uh, at the start of 2015, there was an event called TransAsia. And then oh, right. a few months after that was when Flat Earth started getting really big. So 2015 was a huge year. Do you remember much about that time? And if you do, can you share with us what you remember about Jeff C., Red Pill Revolution, PK... All of these characters, all of the drama, how much of that do you do you remember? Well, yeah, I recall uh, Jeff C. because I, I had been uh, invited to a chat uh, in his group. I think it was you were on that call as well. This would have been prior to that. And, of course, they were going after – they weren't happy with me about some, some other topic I was putting out. But then anyways, when TransAsia happened, there, there was a split. There was a definite split to where uh, him and Max Malone came out and told people that this is, in fact, a, a real you know, plane crash. And then it was myself and I believe I want to say a guy named Russian Vids was putting out videos showing the absurdity of the whole event, really in two stages. One, the actual – like the, the production of the plane crash on the bridge kind of – touching the taxi you know with its wing and then the second production of the uh, the carcass of the of the plane in the water and the so-called uh, <laughs> uh, uh rescue and and you you i don't know if you recall like going through some of the uh, first videos but there was there was an obvious mess up in some of the videos where they had all the people on the wing then they had some on the shore then like one of the same same guy shows back up out on the wing as if he was taken back out and he came back in and then you had the, the CPR dummy that was, was obvious. It was an obvious CPR dummy and they were just the, the guy who was doing CPR was just barely pressing it. It was just, so you had all these different clues to, to the hoax, but then it was, it was, the cat was already out of the bag because Jeff C and uh, Max Malone had, had bought into this thing, you know, whatever i i don't i still don't know that they actually believed it and that's what i i'm kind of confused on their motivation on why they would have pushed that as being a real event however it caused a big schism uh and so that crew that kind of knows youtube conspiracy theory prior to that time was split and then flat earth comes through but it wasn't just flat earth it wasn't a discussion of actual observation of where you're at and kind of giving people, uh, it was kind of a, a renaissance of, of old ideas. It was just basically uh, old ideas that were already written down, you know, let's just put quotes around a hundred years ago for, you know, for a reference. And then those ideas were just then brought back into the, into the common era and were just reborn again. So there wasn't much new work being done. It was just really just a, a, uh, an echoing of the past. And so um, within that time frame, I actually changed gears and I, I did some uh, – I had 40-plus videos on just observations across central California. And uh, it was some of – it was a great time for me because I, I discovered a lot of interesting things, especially about uh, perspective and, and – uh, how your eyes work and, and vision and all kinds of interesting things that I found. Then I got into the uh, the 
work about wavelength and colors and, and, and how all of that affects what you're seeing in vision. However, um, that <laughs> kind of was on, let's just say, the, the far side because most people were still stuck about looking at a, a pie chart or a map or the, the UN map or whatever, and then that was your full discussion, saying that you either um, believe you're on a ball in space or you believe this map. Those are your two choices, you know, <laughs> right? There's no other work will be accepted. So that's that's kind of where that uh, flat earth discussion kind of disintegrated to. Well, I'll tell you what, let me okay. share with you something. I, you won't be able to hear this through Skype, but I, if you um, if you're able to silence your Skype, you should be able to just watch this through the stream. I want to okay. share with you the first few minutes. You only need to see the first three or four because the rest just repeats the first three or four minutes. But the first three or four minutes, I think you're going to enjoy this. I'm sure the audience will as well, especially the ones who are here for for 2015 and what happened. Right. And it's funny that I'm sitting here chatting with you now, especially because Lester came up earlier in the call as well. I don't want to say any more, so check this out. Live listeners, check this out. Uh, I think... I think you'll see why I'm playing this. Let's uh, let's roll this one right now. Question is the question du jour, question of the day or the question of the week, perhaps is why Transasia? Why now? Why NWA on Monday, April the fourth, twenty sixteen? Are you digging up this old dead horse? And I have extremely good reasons for it. What you see on the screen is really the biggest reason. All these channels were involved in pushing. They were the main channels, the biggest channels. There's a lot more of them that are out there, but they're not really noteworthy, or you know, they're not they're not popular or anything like that. These are all the channels that were hugely behind calling TransAsia hoax. Now we know a hundred percent that TransAsia was a real crap. <laughs> Is this coming through? Oh, uh, that. Yeah, you know, there's about a three or four second delay between me and you and the uh, YouTube. Okay, we but know that. the YouTubers can see so, the audience. What do we got here, and why is this important? Well, flat Earth, flat Earth, flat Earth, flat Earth, big time flat Earth, question mark, flat Earth, flat Earth. Now let's take that a step further. NASA hoax. Hold on, I'll just press pause. Are you guys able to see that or can you just hear it? Are you, are you guys seeing what Jeff's doing or are you just hearing the audio? I need some feedback. See, this is why I need a producer, Dave. This is uh, yeah. This this is a video and if you can't see it, then it, um, it's not the same effect. And I'm... I'm using OBS. There's no reason why it shouldn't be showing. So what I'll have to do is play it through a web browser, but that makes it a little bit more uh, difficult because if I try and do that... Yeah, the Buddha, the Buddha was asking about... Uh, he didn't know what TransAsia was, but probably because he's new to this type of video, but I'm not even sure if, if you looked up TransAsia... Uh, videos under YouTube if there's really any of those videos left around. I think most of them gone the way of the the so-called dodo bird hoax. <laughs> you know what? I think I've worked out how to do this um, so that because you have to look, you have to see this to uh, to appreciate what we're uh, what we're looking at here. So hold on, let's go to 
window capture. Is it hold on, is it window capture that I want or is it browser capture? Let's try let's try window let's try window capture. Yeah, let's go window capture. Um, Firefox Here we go. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. Alright, so if I now just slip that down to here. What's going on here? Sorry about this, uh, live listeners. I'm uh, not a professional. I'm doing my best, though, I think. I think I'm doing alright. You're going to make App proud. Oh, yeah. With your online computing. Look, <laughs> I, I have learned an awful lot from App. Um, you know, I, I actually I feel kind of feel like I owe him in a lot of ways, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, his his production values are generally pretty high. Yeah, most people don't really appreciate their production values, funnily enough. So, anyway, this this oh, yeah. should this should work here. So if I just click on Window Capture Three, here we go. Now we are in business. Now if I go to play, okay. So the question here is, we go. The question du jour, the question of the day, or the question of the week, perhaps, is why Transasia? Why now? Why NWA? On Monday, April the 4th, 2016, are you digging up this old dead horse? And I have extremely good reasons for it. What you see on the screen is really the biggest reason. All these channels were involved in pushing... They were the main channels, the biggest channels. There's a lot more of them that are out there, but they're not really noteworthy or popular or anything. These are all the channels that were hugely behind calling TransAsia homes. Now, we know 100% that TransAsia was a real crash. We we know that just like we know 100%, of course, that the Earth is round. It's an oblate steroid. Yeah, I'd forgotten Jungle Surfer was part of that as well. What do we got here? As well as Lestra. He was part of that. Oh, yeah. We all, it was... Um, yeah, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people involved in this one. Yeah. Big time flat earth. Question mark. Flat earth. Flat earth. Now let's take that a step further. NASA hoax. Big time. NASA hoax. Everything NASA's fake. Big time NASA hoax. Huge time NASA hoax. Of course, NASA hoax the top of the the uh, Goofer pyramid. Now, just now, let me just pause NASA it there. Hoax. He says that the NASA hoax is at the top of my NASA truth hoax. period uh, pyramid. Let's take a look at the pyramid, right? NASA, kitty hoax what level, right? It's nowhere near the top. They're all way more popular <laughs> now than they were when they were covering even Transasia. made the claim that anyone over 10,000 subs is 100% a shill. Okay, Russian did say 27, that. 27,000 plus subs. These two people are the same. The See, same and this is where people get this idea. Because Jeff pushed that I'm Lester. To this day, people still believe that. That's how powerful right. his, um, his mind control was. He planted those seeds and... Yeah, remember I told you about that, you know, the tongue, the wavelength, the words, they have power. Oh, yeah, for sure, especially if you can get those ideas in there early and just keep repeating them, repeating them, repeating them. Still, three years later, people still repeat his lies. Hmm. 
that you were wrong on TransAsia, and I would gladly take down the videos. I've Some good stuff. Yeah, so what I'll do is I'm going to... I'll make sure that the right people have access to the full video uh, with full volume. I'm sorry that the volume wasn't a bit louder for this one, but basically he just carries on. Hold on, I'll press pause so we don't have to listen to this nonsense. So he carries on. He says that I'm Lester, and he says that all of us are working together, with the possible exception of Truth Media, who he hopes just fell in with the wrong people. <laughs> and the funny thing is a lot of what he was saying, like it is believable because... Uh, deep inside the rabbit hole, did do a show with uh, PK about Transasia. Right. And they did have Russian Vids on as a guest on Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole's podcast. Mm. And uh, Jungle Surfer and yourself, Dave J, even though you guys didn't work together, some right. of the things you spoke about, you were the only guys speaking about on the nuke hoax, things like right. Princess Diana, uh, Tunnel right. Death hoax. Right. There's not much material on that stuff other than what you guys are putting out. So even if you weren't working together, it'd be easy to convince people, dumb people who don't, who just can't think for themselves, oh, they're on the same team, right? Even if you've right. never spoken to each other, wouldn't matter. They've done videos on the same topic, must be working together. And then as for me and Lester, okay, we're not the same person, but some of the topics that we cover are the same and some of the ways that we cover topics are the same. So again, there's no proof that we're the same person, but if you just keep telling people that we are, enough people will believe it. And so this right. whole little video was basically put up eight different people, people's names, and uh, accuse us of all uh, working together, which... Um, yeah. yeah, so when I found this video today, I actually, like, I, I watched it uh, for the first time in, in, I don't know how long, maybe two years, and it all just came straight back to me, like, wow, this... It all used to seem so real, whereas now I'm just like, who cares, man, you know? If I get a chance right. to talk to you and the members of my website want to talk to you and ask you about your path and what you've done, fantastic, right? We can have a nice, constructive conversation. But all of the time that I wasted worrying about like the audience, like just the regular audience, the numpties who can't even see through this crap, right. bro, that's time I'm never getting back. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to, the F on that thing, uh, is talking about flat earth, right? Yeah. And that's another, that's another thing is, um, see that they put me in that group as well. See, my, I have a different definition. It's from my observation. And that is that, you know, I'm speaking for myself. I live on a plane that has deviations called depth and elevation. Period. That's a full reduction of my observations in a single sentence to make to make it easier for everybody to uh, understand. And they're welcome to go out and test that themselves and come to their own conclusion. Well, you, I'm sure, listen, on the call next week, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of members there who believe in flat earth. And listen, okay, anyone is welcome on my website, even flat earthers mm -hmm. as well. I guess I'm still coming to terms with this idea that there are people who are flat earthers who yeah. I didn't realize they were flat. Even though we we're having conversations regularly, somehow this didn't come up in conversation. Mm. I guess I'm still coming to uh, to terms with that. And maybe what's going to happen is if they know that you also see things that way, they'll want to talk about that with you. But to be perfectly honest, I'm not planning to spend any time uh, if this is cool with you and the other members, I really don't want to waste any time 
talking about Flat Earth on the call next week because I have spent enough time on this topic. There's topics that I would love to spend more time on. For instance, the Mm. war hoax. Okay, Now, this is a topic where you can kind of speak from experience. You've worked in the military. You know a thing or two about it. When someone like me says, I don't believe in missiles, well, who cares? Whereas when you say it, maybe it carries a little bit more weight. Right. Yeah, so I have a particular, let's say, with experience with the Sea Sparrow. I don't want to give, you know, go into a long-winded discussion, but with the Sea Sparrow, I was watching it. uh, That's supposedly a ship-launched missile that's supposed to go up and shoot a plane down, according to the the specs. Well, anyways, every time I saw it happen, it just corkscrewed. It looked like a um, bottle rocket, and it just shot off and did a few, like, you know, corkscrews and went right into the water. Bloop, bloop. Every single time, without exception, right? The so-called torpedoes that are are, are used, uh, the ranges on them, the advertised ranges. If you were to use them for what they claim you're going to use them for, you would you would be within the range of the so-called explosion when they went off. So that it, it's not a very good idea. It's almost like shooting yourself, right? So why would you ever use something like that? So then you look at the actual uh, – you, you watch movies and you see these ideas that they put in and then you look at the actual specs of the, the weapons that are there. Because there are physical weapons there and they're actually physically put together. It's just that their use is not as advertised. You know. Okay, so let's take an example. Let's say heat-seeking missiles, right? Mm. I do not believe in them, Dave. I used to. Oh. I used to believe that a plane – can fire a missile that will track its target through the sky and then blow up the target, right? Yeah. I no longer believe that. What's your take on this matter? No, I don't believe them either. Yeah. Yeah. Did you used to believe in them? Because you've got to remember, people like me, we were raised on television and movies. I grew up watching movies like Independence Day, where they've got these heat-seeking missiles that snake through the sky and then bang, hit the alien ship... Well, I, yeah, I had a, a problem with kind of just the the uh, just the um, logistics of it. Let's just put it that way. Because I understood, let's say, a, a, a guided a torpedo, let's say a so, so-called submarine torpedo where you have a guide wire, which there is. It's just basically a remote control. Meaning if you remember the, the first remote control cars, you had a wire attached to your controller. And you just steered it around, but you always had to be leashed to it. So I understand that that works because it's simply you know left, right, up, down. All right, that's an easy you know signal to send. However, heat seeking that I never understood the logistics of it. Now it works, and I never have seen any proof that they exist. So no, don't don't buy it. No, nah, no, nah. and yet that topic. I've even had people who have. Uh followed my work for years and who don't see me as a paid shill, they don't see me as a boogeyman or whatever, but even they said to me when I released my missile video, more than a year ago now, I released a a video saying, are some missiles a hoax? Even (laughs) some of my, like, even people who didn't assume nefarious intent on my part still thought that I was joking or something, like it was a thought experiment. And I had to explain, no, this isn't a thought experiment. I'm being completely honest. I don't believe these things are even physically possible, that you can have an object fly through the sky with no wings, because many of these missiles are depicted with no wings, 
fly through the sky with no wings and generate enough lift to stay in the air, let alone navigate through the air, right? I'm talking just stay airborne, okay? Without lift, it should fall. With wings, it gets lift, no problems. But if it doesn't have wings, how does it get the lift? That's the first question I'm asking. And what blew me away was, and now I understand it, but at the time I didn't understand, people couldn't even follow the first question. So I was following a chain of questioning, right? Starting with the start. Let's start at the start. How does it get lift? People couldn't even do that. Like that is how dumb the average person is that in a video that lays it out step by step, couldn't even get past the first step. That's what we're dealing with here. Yeah, with the with the, the this ties into the war hoax itself. And if you recall, I put up a video uh, years ago when I called the Pentagon, uh, when when the news was showing. Um, I call it the the Gaza set because there's a specific set. There's a there's a street area in in the so-called Gaza where they they produce these these this war footage, and it's for years and years and years. It's always the same area, just shot from different directions. Well, this <clears throat> one day. They had they were putting up a video and claiming there was some attack, and you could actually see there was a, a like an old Western movie backdrop in the background. You could actually see where it wasn't touching the actual ground, so you could see it was it, it was an actually it was actually like a painted backdrop, and it, it was um, and they had put it out online, and I went ahead and uh, downloaded it. So before they could get rid of it, because it was an obviously it was a big screw up that they put out too quick. So, anyways, I called the Pentagon and I um, had sent the guy through email a uh, a copy of it. And that guy, sure enough, he looked at it. He said, "You know what? I can see the same thing." He saw the same thing. So I asked him, "Why are are, are you guys putting this out as being an actual battle in, involving U.S. troops?" And he really had no good answer. Yeah, I heard you say. Um, you were chatting with someone on Fakeologist about exactly that. Was it um, Rachel, one of the ladies right. who've joined the, yeah. the Discord? So, so listeners, if you... Because a lot of the listeners, they... For whatever reason, they will never sign up to my website, and that's probably for the best. But if you want to chat about these kinds of topics, there's a Discord server where you can chat about all these kinds of things completely for free, and it's called Fakeologist. I'm going to put a link to that in the info box below. And you can chat with people. I think it was Rachel that Dave was chatting with. Dave is there sometimes. I'm there sometimes. And you can just chat about these things. And uh, how do I put this? A lot of these ideas, when you first hear them, must sound silly. But if you just think through them, certainly in my case, I think in Dave's case as well, it this isn't a thought experiment or a mere thought experiment. This is a serious thing. I mean, let's look at this lunar module right now. This should be coming up on the screen. This yeah. is a, this is meant to be a real thing. This is meant this is from NASA. This photo, this is meant to be a real photo of the lunar module, right? Now, Dave, when you look at this image, I know the resolution isn't the best, but I'm sure you're familiar with the image. When you look at this, okay. I'm suggesting that you see something differently to what the average person sees. The average person sees an amazing contraption that went to the moon. What I see is aluminium foil, and mm-hmm flimsy looking crepe paper slash cardboard yeah i call it yeah it's called construction paper but same difference it's the same thing and then look at that top part to the right you see how it's all mismatched and it's all yeah it's all it's all bowed out and bubbly that's just yeah just it's ridiculous it's it's absolute nonsense it's it's a joke man i mean look at this aluminium foil right 
that to me yeah. is a joke. It's not it's not a case of oh they made a few mistakes. No, this is a joke from the outset. Okay, the joke isn't a mistake. The joke is the joke. This is a joke. Yeah. This is yeah. aluminium foil. This is crepe paper. These rods, these look like the rods that you would expect from uh, an industrial broom. You know, like the brooms mm. in a warehouse have to be stronger than the plastic brooms in a house. So they use these aluminium rods, but same idea. They're just brooms, just broom handles. Yeah, right there, that upper right section, man. That is just something else. Anyway, so that yeah, that thing, uh, it didn't go any farther than that that set floor right there. It's it's phenomenal. Like once you actually see it, it is phenomenal how ridiculous this is. And yet, show this to the average person, they're incapable. They're completely mm. incapable. I mean, even just like if you look at the the spot where it supposedly landed, right? Well, I recall I told my dad that 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 thing was was a, was not true. The the so called Apollo landing. When I was, I told you that's what caused me some trouble. In a, having to repeat the second grade, is my teacher told my parents that I was not following the curriculum properly, and so. And this was one of the, the ones that I wasn't, uh, you know, giving them the right answer on. I said, I don't believe that, that anybody went to the, the moon. And at the time, I didn't understand it was nothing more than a light in the sky. Um, I actually thought it was a destination, or it could have been at the time, but just that nobody had gone there. Of course, I've come to realize since that it's nothing more than a light in the sky. However, back then, it caused me, let's just say, a lot of problems in school. And I redid the second grade, and I learned after that that as long as I gave them the, the words they wanted to hear and the proper numbers that they wanted to hear, that I didn't have to believe it, but it would, it would allow me to get through to the next year, right? So that's what I, I wound up doing. Is that if they want to hear something happen in 1886 on this date, well, I'll just write that down. I don't have to believe that it happened. Well, that's the to world that we live in, Dave, isn't it? We live in a world where sometimes you've got to go along to get along, don't you? And right. when you're mixing with, when I'm mixing with the normies, I don't bring this stuff up with them generally, right? Uh -huh. I, I learned pretty quickly not to do that. Although I have to admit, I made a mistake maybe maybe a year ago now where. I showed the footage of the... So I had a few mates over for a barbecue and whatever, and I thought, why not just try? You know, why not just try? Big mistake. So I got everyone in the lounge room, and we watched some footage of one of the moon landings. And you've got the dune buggy. You've got the guys playing golf, jumping on trampolines. I'm like, do you guys believe this is real? Do you know what I mean? And they had this look in their eyes like... Like, you could just tell. In their mind, it wasn't up for question. Like, the fact that I would even question it was... It wasn't that they were offended by it, but it was like... You, you, get, the, you get the message pretty quickly. Don't even bother, right? Don't even right. bother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look at this photo here. This is a high-resolution one. This is, again, meant to be an official photo. These look like plastic cups, Dave. They look like the plastic <laughs> cups, like funnels from a, from a garden shed. We've got the rods. I mean, th this photo makes it even more clear. Look, at, this is even just... Even if you were just trying to make a, a spaceship model for your um, for your school, you'd still say, "Guys, this is silly." Like this is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at least try and. I mean, look at this. What is that meant to be? <laughs> Sticky tape. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you look really close, you're going to see all kinds of nonsense. So. It's absolute nonsense, man. So, Anyway, you did bring up the moon. This is a great way to finish the call. This is meant to be my midnight special, <coughs> the full moon special. So um, you're one of the first people that I heard suggest that the moon is not a solid physical object. And right. subsequently to that, I mean, this was around about the time that I was looking to flat earth and looking into the official story of, of where we live and all this kind of thing. Uh-huh. And um, Eric Dubay, his book, The Flat Earth Conspiracy, he mentions a story about people seeing, um, like whether it was Jupiter or Mars, a planet behind the moon. And so it gets uh-huh. you, and I looked into that story and there actually, I actually did find documentation that that had been claimed at the time. Now, that doesn't mean it's real, but at least there's documentation that real astronomers were claiming that, that they actually saw a planet through the moon. I actually found the documentation to to verify what Dubai was claiming had been claimed, right? Again, uh-huh. it doesn't mean it's real, but at least it's something. So it got me thinking. And subsequent to all of that, I'm at the point now where I say, well, maybe the moon is a solid physical object. I'm open-minded, but I've got no evidence whatsoever that that's the case. None. And so now to me, the moon is just a light. And so tonight, it is a bright, a very bright light. That's, right. all, I've, that's all I've got. You tell me in your opinion, as we wrap up this, uh, this call, what, what is right. the moon to you? Yeah, the moon is nothing more than a light. It's just like the sun, uh, the same physical size, and it's used for times and seasons, basically. That's it. It's used as a calendar. It's a calendar in the sky. And here's the thing, though, is that I took a picture in 2012 of a star through the first sliver of the so-called moon. And it's, it's right there. In fact, Eric Dubay used that picture, without credit, of course, on one of his videos when he mentioned the same thing. He used my picture. And in fact, that picture that I took in 2012 is also available. Somebody took it and, and put it on a T-shirt and is selling it for for the same reason. But anyways, that, that picture I took in, in uh, 2012, I want to say on the 6th of June, and I still have the original. And, and the reason I did that was because that was the year I, w- I spent every day outside, one time during the, the day and one time at night, uh, filming the sky, both through still photography and through video photography, because I wanted to know for myself what the, what the sky looked like for every day of the year, for, you know, 365, all the way around. So I did that for that entire year. And anyways, long story short, is I understood at that at that time, and I came to an understanding at that time, which cemented my, my understanding that the moon is, in fact, a light. It is just a light in the sky, just like the, 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 the stars are lights in the sky, just like the sun is a light in the sky. And they all have their purpose, and their purpose is for us to understand the sun is, is, a, is a daily calendar for, you know, for time's sake. The moon is a monthly calendar, and then the stars are used as a yearly calendar. Right. So then as you you without anything else, if you just understand by looking up, you can tell what time it is. You can tell what what part of the month it is and you can tell what part of the year it is. That's it. Excellent. All right. But what if uh, you're speaking with uh, a regular person and they say, oh, but Dave, there's uh, craters on the moon. How could there be craters if it's not a giant rock in space? Well, like I say, and this is where people start to, you know, actually, I see the tops of their heads pop off from time to time. Um, when I tell them that it, it is a, a projection of light, 
meaning that the sky that you see above you, it projects, it, it can it can allow an image to be seen, which means that when you uh, you look at the moon, that moon has been given a face, just like you are given a face. It's been given an identity, and that identity is is the craters, and those craters are are of course. Um, NASA gets to name them all, but they've named them after so-called ancient deities, which which is another story entirely. But that's its character, all right. But it is still a projected image, and it's just that a lot of people don't understand how um, uh, light projection works, or and this is another loaded word that can trigger people is a holographic image or a projected image that can that can look to your eyes to be have a, a three-dimensional aspect to it but anyways it's something very similar to that just like the 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 sun is is the same same type of projection but it's really merely just a a result of the 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 canvas it's it's projected on and being that the uh, what the sky is made of because we live in a liquid environment and that liquid environment causes well it, i should say it allows that three-dimensional you know uh, view to be seen just like the stars can look uh, nearer and farther away and when you zoom in on them you can see different colors the so-called planets you'll see different colors or you can see you know different shapes because again it's just a projection of light i like it well uh, we're under a um a shield attack in the uh are we in the live chat yeah here's the thing though i don't believe in paid shields i think paid shields are a hoax this is what gets me is all these people who believe in uh, government agents and these kinds of things, they're actually the ones who try and destruct conversation. So you and I are just having a conversation, right? If someone right. doesn't like the conversation, they can just go and listen to someone else. It's not a big deal, right? It's Who cares? You know what I mean? Right. In the years that I've been here, I've never once been encountered by a so-called paid shill. I don't think uh, this um, character in the live chat I don't think he's a paid shill. I don't think he gets paid to do this. It's actually worse than that. If he was at least paid to do this, I'd say, well, it's a job. You know what I mean? Right. We all need to turn a crust. <laughs> These are people who do it because they've literally got nothing better to do with their lives. And so it's yeah, the epsilons, it's the epsies, it's these um, you know, these people who don't have much going on to give them a sense of, of worth or purpose in life. They're the ones who get in the way. So this idea that, oh, there's paid shields sent to stop the truth. Firstly, they're not trying to stop the truth. They're giving us joke uh, moonlanders. I think they <laughs> want some of us to get it, right? Right. But if they were trying to, if they did want to see the truth stopped, well, just have more Epsis out there sitting around collecting welfare checks, ripping bongs on Google Hangouts. These right. are the people who are going to get in the way in the first place. So uh, that's the world that we live in. But anyway, you and I, I've got to get going, man. It's 20 to 2. Okay, bye. Up a little bit late. But before we get going, uh, yeah, we'll bye. be chatting next week on yeah. the Bond in the server. So I'm looking forward to that. What kind of topics do you think people can expect to hear once we uh, get all set up next week? Uh, you know what? I'm open to anything. I have no limits. So whatever you want to bring up is fine with me. Excellent. Well, I've got a few topics I want to discuss. Uh, we can talk about the hoax hierarchy and all those kinds of things, so that'll be good. But thanks for joining us, Dave. I'm going to wrap up the show now, man. So, um, all right, cheers. Stick around for that, but otherwise I'll see you next week. It's been great. Thanks for joining me. And what right, I'll bye. do now is just let the, uh, the audience know where they can find out more about johnlebon.com. And it's as simple as this. Just go to johnlebon.com 
And uh, let's see. Let's get this going again. Beautiful. So if you just go to johnlebon.com, it's not hard to remember the spelling for that. It's John with the H. And uh, there's heaps of free material there. So even if you are currently struggling for coin, don't you worry. There's lots of good stuff there, including the hoax, including the history hoax. So I wrote a ton of articles last year on this topic. They took many hours to research and to write. And they were originally just for members of the website. But what I've done is I've gone ahead and made them available for freeloader members. So if you want to see what I'm talking about when I talk about the evidence that leads to the inference that history is a hoax, I lay it out for you. I show you my research methodology. I show you the findings of my research. And I show you how those findings or how the evidence leads to the conclusion that it's all a hoax. So just head along to johnlebon.com. Head along to the members area. Click on that. Go and sign up for a free membership. Check out the material. And then one of two things will happen. You'll either think that I'm crazy and you'll move on with your life and that's perfectly fine. Or you'll think, hey, there's something to this. I want to find out more. What is $15 US? Nothing. You'll sign up and then, uh, hey, who knows what will happen from there. I can tell you what will happen next week. We'll have Dave J on the call. That's going to be fantastic. Looking forward to that. And uh, lots more content coming out sooner rather than later, including the Dino Skeptic films. So just gets bigger and better with every passing week on johnthebond.com. But I need to go and get some sleep because I am struggling. So big thanks to Dave J once again. Thanks to everyone in the chat. And on the 26th slash 27th of August 2018, this has been the John LeBond Full Moon Special. It's been great to get back into it. I've enjoyed it. I forgot how much fun this is. But I also forgot how addictive it is. It's very easy to stay up a bit too late, and that's not good. So I'll go and get some sleep. Uh, you guys go and do whatever you're going to do, and uh, check the links in the info box below. And until next time, you guys take care of yourselves.